Look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. episode of the Hagman Hagman Report. Did it again. Did it again, folks. Right there. Did you see that little ear flop? Yeah, welcome to this episode of the Hagman Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. You see what happens is right before the show. The last couple of nights, man, it was like, holy cow, I can't. Thanks. Thanks. And even Joe brought this over for me, the laptop. It's like I have not been able to get my to get my myself plugged in here. Well, you know how that goes, right? You know, have, have mercy on me. Um, anyway, I, I have to turn this volume off here. So, okay, oh, yeah, there we go. All right. All right, there. Otherwise, it'll sound like a ping-pong ping pong machine, or a, a pinball machine. Anyway, folks, we, we broadcast live Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, of course, right here on Global Star Radio Network. That's our fly, flagship station. And uh, links to watch us live, links to BTR, links to... Which is Block Talk Radio. Links to our other um, audio and video venues can be found at HagmanandHagman.com. That's HagmanandHagman.com. I want to welcome everyone from around the world listening. You would hard, you'd be hard pressed to believe that this is a worldwide broadcast, especially, especially with Joe. <laughs> Hang on, see, I had to grab a wire here. So I was watching on the, on 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 YouTube. See, I had to grab. Thanks for that. Thank you. All right. Are we done, or are we done with show prep? Talk among yourselves, guys. All right. We've got his computer. we got him plugged in. we got him his headset. we got him his coloring book and his sippy cup. I think we're ready to go. 
you know something, <laughs> folks. It, it's it's amazing what happens here before the broadcast. A lot of things do take place, and um, we're following a lot of stories. Of course, the big story today, you know, folks, you know about Egypt Air, right? I mean, um, no, uh, no, the plane uh, seems to have disappeared. Yeah, it's, uh, isn't this something? How this is taking place? How it has to be terrorism or is terrorism? Pay attention to the numbers. Pay attention to the numbers. All right, that's all. 66 aboard. Uh, pay attention to the things that people are not talking about. All right, that's what I think we should do. Look at this in, in the context that uh, perhaps the global powers want you to look at it. Or don't want you to look at it, I'm sorry. Look at it differently than other people who are saying what this is. Um, yeah, no evidence, no recovered, no evidence. Period. Right. It, it, dot dot. I mean, no, no evidence. Responding. No response from the pilot. Uh, no crash. Something that. Uh, well, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's too early, and you watch. We had uh, two two television networks on and, and this is pretty much all day long and all they do is speculate and, and it makes me wonder why we get criticized for uh, speculating when this is all they do come on and, and they're supposed to be the, the corporate ma- the, you know the corporate media who, who've got all the contacts and all the answers and all they're doing is speculating oh this could have happened that could have happened an hour after hour after hour an hour hour you know it's it just it's ridiculous we don't know what happened we really don't but we know it's not good it was a terrorism I, I, I don't know I, I, do you know I mean can you say for sure chances are it was but something bad happened we can, we can say that for sure Egypt Air Flight 804 right. and Airbus 8320 with 56 passenger, 10 crew, went down about halfway between Greek island of uh, Crete and Egypt's coastline, yep. or around 175 miles offshore. Egyptian and Russian officials said it may have uh, been brought down by terrorists. Yep. That's where they come in. The uh, plane made a 90-degree left turn, then a full 360-degree turn to the right, plummeting from 38,000 feet to 15,000 feet, disappearing from the radar at 10,000 feet. And there were no reports of any stormy weather at the time. Egyptian and Greek authorities in ships and planes are searching for the suspected crash area. Throughout the day, uh, traces of airliners or debris have been found, but in an updated report, those were not related to the airline. So explain that. Explain that to me. Malaysia Flight 17, maybe? Hey, we found we found aircraft debris. Uh, it's not the right crash you missing an email yeah well gee do you think we can you know (laughs) folks do you understand why i mean i I am just uh, i guess maybe that's why i'm I'm, I'm a little bit uh 
a little bit torqued today again. You, you just listen to these so-called experts talking about all this stuff on 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 the on TV and the radio, uh, and no one has got no one has a clue. I, I would definitely, like I said, look at the numbers, look at the times, look at the number of people, look at the flight numbers, look at uh, look at everything. Think outside the box because you, you got enough in the box inside the box thinking with uh, all these uh, uh, commentators, commentators, or just very common. Taters, um, uh, in the news. So it's you know my speculation is better than yours, right? But I I, I would say that uh, that there's something something afoot here, in a leg and an arm, but something definitely afoot with respect to this Airbus 320, the Malaysian uh, flight as well, which is just gone as well. People presume it's crashed. Well, presumptions like assumptions, there are a dime a dozen. The uh, the head of the Russia's, Russia's top security agency, Alexander, uh, uh, what was his name, Bort, Bortkinov, I believe it is, Bortnikov, uh, said that uh, in all likelihood it was a terror attack. Well, it's interesting because a murder takes place, or, or we'll say somebody disappears, and, and there's charges of murder lodged against a suspect, right? But there's no body. Without a body, it's not impossible. And of course, it's not impossible. You can you can certainly get a murder conviction without a body. However, a body supports the would support the the uh, uh, conclusion and, and hence the conviction, because otherwise it's all circumstantial. And this is nothing. The media is going to have nothing else but uh, purely. Um, I'm not even sure it would rise to the level of circumstantial evidence in this case. Um. So the other thing too, are you telling me? And Joe, this is something that I really, um, I was really thinking about too when when I was listening to the radio television. Here it is, 2016. Every square inch of the Earth is pretty much mapped, or have, the NSA and other Western intelligence agencies have eyes oh, on is. everything. It is mapped. All right. So, I mean, this story, and I'll let you ask your question, but just this story says it uh, alone. The FBI wants to keep the National Biometric Database a secret, <clears throat> and their intended goal, it says in here, is once the collection of biometric becomes standardized, it becomes much easier to locate and track someone across all aspects of their life. It says uh, the Electronic Frequency Foundation believes that the perfect tracking uh, tool for a free society, a society in which everyone's actions are tracked, constantly right all the time right i mean and we have this mm. ability through our satellites through you know the international space station there's enough satellites in the sky to pretty much i would say map in real time the whole world at any given time right so where's now, the plane where, where's the plane yeah. if in fact this happened the way they said it did you're telling me that no one in government, no one in, in, in the agencies knows where this plane is? Or or the other uh, MH370? 317? What was it? Three, the other a- plane that MH went missing. MH317 or MH17? Yeah. Whatever. You, you know what I'm talking about. So, so somebody is not... So either we don't have that capability, which I don't believe that, that to be the case, or we do, and and no one's saying a word. 
um, how, how would it be where if somebody said, well, the plane is uh, broke up into a thousand pieces, you know, over this location? See, see the, 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 the plane itself um, went missing as it approached uh, Egyptian airspace. I mean, just as it just as it entered Egyptian airspace, Egypt flight MS eight zero four, depart departing from Paris, France, ultimate destination Cairo, and uh, well, that that's the I mean that's all really we can say. Sixty six people aboard. Reportedly, it did at ninety, and then the three sixty, and what did drop down in altitude. And, a whole bunch, about fifteen thousand feet, and then it then it went off the radar. You'd think too that if um, if terrorists did did to do this, they would certainly uh, somehow get their point across that they that they did this. And second of all, why right there? You know, when we look at at, at incidents, we look at crimes, we look at uh, things that take place. We ask why a lot. Well, first of all, motive. What's the motive? If this is not to strike fear in the people, then what's the motive? If 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 there is, for example, this is a terrorist attack. What's we know what the motive is, I guess, but but we also have to look at why there, why at that moment in time, why not as they departed Paris. They could have done a whole lot more damage over land in Paris than they, they could have done in the middle of the Mediterranean or in, in the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Egypt, uh, Egyptian Mediterranean there, or that area near Egypt. So why? Why at that moment? What happened? The, the co-pilot who, was talking about... Who was bit, on board, too? Was there anybody of any significance on board, whether it be in the... Well, everyone, every every innocent victim on that plane is of significance. But if you're uh, if you're I asking mean, about right, if you're asking about uh, you know public in the public eye, uh, either via politics or I don't believe uh, they, that they have. Uh, I don't believe so, or at least not that we, not that I've seen, not not nothing with any rely, degree of reliability. Okay. And yeah, you have to ask a question: Why that plane? Why? That time, as you said, a plane crashing, blowing up in midair over a major city would do a right. huge amount of damage. And, and this particular plane had a lot of, a lot of miles on it, or a lot of, lot of, um, I guess miles, I guess uh, a lot of miles on it before it, it went missing. I mean, it, it made a number of, of hops across uh, Europe prior to this. Um. Well, we should close the investigation now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it, it just, it, so, and if you look at the, the look at the way Egypt handled the, the Russian downing, or the, the, uh, the last crash that Egypt, um, the air, air crash that Egypt was dealing with, I can't remember if it was a couple, two, three years ago, four years ago now. They, it was, I think it was a Russian plane or there was a, a contingent of Russians. I don't recall the name or the number of the aircraft, but Egypt was responsible for, um, the investigation. 
and it took him four months to admit something very obvious, and that was a terrorist attack. On that on that occasion, here they came out with, "I was a terrorist, most likely terrorist, terrorism related." And end of story, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's something really wrong with the events, all of the events. What is wrong? I don't know. We don't know. We have a there's a whole bag of speculation out there. There's an interesting piece from the Hollywood Reporter about legendary editor Harry Evans. He has come out to say that um, the media today is deeply polluted. He's a 92-year-old. Explains how he was fired by Rupert Murdoch, why the New York Times and Washington Post lost their influence, and it goes on and on. But he gets into how the American media and has been taken over by some of the most powerful interests in the country, both public and private, and how what we're seeing in Europe, um, the restructuring and uh, yeah. laws yeah. over there have launched a new um, wave of non-investigative journalism, I guess putting investigative journalists under a microscope. But he talks about how that the complicity between the media and the titans of politics, media, uh, business, and economics control what content goes out over the media <clears throat> and how Big Pharma has made its way into uh, that arena and and speaks on other issues that affect the media as well and uh, the influence of the media and is calling out how liberal and how left-wing it has become and how far from common sense it is today. Mm. I mean, he, take, he, he takes it to task uh, and he breaks it down. It's a pretty long article uh, for those of you who want to read it. Um, but basically saying, you know, what we all know. Uh, the news seems to be just entertainment. Of course. It, it, it does not have an educational value. It does not add anything to your life except information that is usually false and purpose-driven, uh, lying purpose-driven information to get you to act in negative ways or feel negative uh, about certain situations, people, or stories. And we know that. Uh-huh. But this is just another person uh, who's been around a long time and uh, has been in the business himself for a long time confirming what we already know folks why don't you invite uh, invite people into your circle to watch this program to listen to it on global star or btr uh, watch as a refreshing alternative to uh, fox news or msnbc or cbs or abc nbc whatever or your local news yeah whatever you know it, it uh, gather around the table here let's let's have a discussion and, and let's just uh, work all these things out together portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by whole tones live whole tones live.com whole tones live.com maybe you have you gone there yet whole tones live.com with a w-h-o-l-e whole tones live have you have you done it yet do so oh gotta do that whole tones live.com you gotta do it you gotta do it you gotta check them out more on that later but yeah invite some people over and let's talk about uh, the events of today but by the way um isis is added again you know i'm not sure the the, the moronic uh 
mass media, maybe that's the word, moronic mass media, I'm not sure they're going to really cover things like this, um, or have covered anything like this. ISIS, you know, what, what's ISIS done? What have they done recently? What have you done for me, baby, right? Yeah. Well, did, did you know about this? I the acid attacks? Well, they executed 25 men by lowering them into a huge vat, a huge vat of nitric acid, and it, they, they kept the victim, victims in, they lowered the victims into a tub until their organs dissolved. Nitric, nitric acid, in case you're wondering what, what it does, it's a highly corrosive acid that's used in fertilizer and rocket fuel. It's used for etching steel. Probably in GMOs. You, you take you take a you take a drop and drop it on your skin. You better get yourself to the hospital because it'll burn right through your skin. All right, this is brutal. The executions appear to be this a new way ISIS is attempting to keep control of its conquered citizens through fear because it's it's a maddening thing to, I mean, it, 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 to witness something like that. You, you have to know that there's an element of fear. That's being instilled in the, in the subjugated po- populace. Well, what are we doing about it? What What is Obama doing about it? What are the the, se- the senators and congressmen in this country doing about it? What is our Defense Department doing about it? What is our State Department under Heinz uh, Kerry? You know, what's he doing about it? They're They're more concerned about um, financial aid to Iran. That's right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. We, 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 of course. And Iran is another issue altogether. Folks, you know, look, the geopolitical situation is is just incredible. We are... Did you ever... Look at today, in 2016, it's May 2016. Compare it to May of 2008. Better yet, let's not do that. Let's go... We're going to have to go pre-9-11, because that's when the New World Order... You know, really, the, the people really ramp things up. So, um, let's go back, uh, 10 or 20 years to 96. We were still, even back then, better off geopolitically in 96 under the Clinton, uh, uh, per- perverted White House than we are today. In terms, again, in terms of the, the geopolitics, you know, the gloves weren't off at that point. As much now, we understand, of course, the 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 uh, um, uh, accords that were done, not the accords, but the uh, uh, agreements in. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. The, the Israel agreements and Palestinian Israel Palestinian agreements. We understand that kind of started some prophetic clocks ticking under under Clinton. We we get all that, but but when you look at today, twenty years, look how far we have devolved in twenty years. Look how far the the power uh, structure has devolved in twenty years, and 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 look at the look at where we're at today. You've got people in a wholesale manner, and it happens not to be the CIA, at least not directly, you know, dropping people in vats of acid. And I, was, I should say the criminal cabal within the CIA. Um, no, you've got the, these uh, ISIS. And, and I refuse to call them ISIL. I, I, w- I won't call them ISIL or any, any other names. They're ISIS, Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. We caused Iraq. We caused Syria. And we caused and opened up the, uh, really opened up the, uh, the floodgates. And, uh, 20 years. So we, we've got, you know, now, now look, 
the way I see it is, is certainly George W. Bush, knowing what he knew in 2008, could have stopped or could have really thrown a wrench into the into the uh, selection process of Barack Hussein Obama, perhaps slowed things down. What are all these all these presidents at the end of their term? Are they neutered? Are they done? Are they you know are they used up? Are they flushed out? I don't understand what happened, but but suddenly we had Bush just rolling over. I'm going back to Texas and my ranch, and you know, is that for a seat at the global stable? I guess I'm trying to understand uh, in in 20 years, there's got to be such high level complicity within the federal government and within the various uh, organizations that we that has allowed this progression of events to take place this fast uh this fast progression take place because think back to 96 and and most people were alive listening to this program in 96 most people can relate to what was going on 20 years ago right i mean versus today uh, are we any any better off no. no not at all so all right. Here's an example. Uh, State Department misleads Congress on extent of anti-Israel bias at United Nations. This article from the Free Beacon talks about how the State Department used misleading statistics to make the United Nations Human Rights Council seem less anti-Israeli than it truly is. The HRC was put under the microscope this week on Capitol Hill during a Human Rights Commission hearing that examined its first 10 years of existence, which had been marred by anti-Israeli bias and membership of some of the world's worst human rights abusers. Uh, It goes through some history from the Bush administration uh, to the Obama administration and him, Obama, serving as the... uh, head of the Security Council while being the President and also Secretary of State Hillary Clinton um, working in tandem with the United Nations. Uh, now, seven years later, the State Department is trying to prove that the 09 decision has improved the Council and made it less anti-Israeli. And uh, that is some of the, what they have covered up uh, from seven years ago. But now um, they are saying that the uh, United Nations Human Rights Council is just full-blown anti-Israel. The people who speak there, the people that they invite there, uh, all have one thing in common. They don't want Israel to exist, and they state that they are war criminals and that the land needs to be divided amongst Israelis and Palestinians. Now, this is um, from reports and publications that have been put out, guidance documents to, uh, you know, Organizations like the Bilderberg Group or the Trilateral Commission uh, reports in here. And people like Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton have been covering up uh, this anti-Israeli bias. And, you you know, we see it all the time. Remember last year when the rockets were flying into Israel, into Tel Aviv, into these different parts of uh, northern Israel, and the media was portraying the... uh, uh, Israel's response with, you know, their armed response as uh, basically Israeli army men with machine guns shooting down people who threw, who were throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something that has, uh, you know, we see constantly. Anytime that there's any conflict in Israel, 
between Israel, is, Israelis and Palestinians or other nations, well, you know, we see the mainstream media as well as our government defending those who are lobbing the rockets into Israel and calling out Israel for defending itself. It's, um, the, 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 and it says here, U.S. has become apologist, an apologist for anti-Israeli human right, UN human rights council. This, uh, I found this out too. This is pretty much a hot button issue when it comes to the discussion of the nation of Israel and the establishment and, and the right of the Jews to be in Israel. This is like talking about flat earth or this is like talking about, uh, the planet X or this is like talking about the, um, the rapture, pretty much. People, people just go absolutely crazy. And, and they become so dogmatic and insistent when we talk about the, the about the nation of Israel. You, you have so many people, okay, for example, we, we understand, we here, and, and I'm sure most rational human beings out there understand the makeup and the relationship of Israel as a nation, right? Since its founding, refounding back in 1948, we understand it's not like it was in, in in the days of when when Jesus walked the earth. We get that. We understand that that, that, that Israel was founded in part. And Joe, you can chime in here. The Rockefeller, you, you get you know the Balfour Declaration and the Rockefellers, and it was founded as a. And there's a question with respect to um, the makeup of the of, of the Jews, and but the bottom line is really simple. Let's go back to the Bible. Didn't doesn't God say, "I will bless those who bless thee and curse those who curse thee"? And doesn't and, and was it just a, a freakish accident? You know that when when Bush said, "Ah, well, we're gonna," you know, to, told um, uh, uh, the the Israeli Prime Minister bulldoze those homes over there in Gush, Gush Katif. The nine thousand, yeah, yeah, and, and the same amount, Katrina, Katrina, Katrina the right. same amount, you know, uh, knife for an eye kind of thing. That that was just a mere coincidence, right? <laughs> and 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 on and on and on. So we have, I can, I constantly get emails from people. And some otherwise rational people saying, you can't possibly stand for Israel. Okay. So, so, so okay, so what do we do? We, we, well, let me get this straight. What's your solution? Should we stand for the, uh, the, uh, Islamic Confederation that's forming up against Israel? We understand. We understand the entire layer, the multi-layers of this. And this goes, this goes back to, this goes back to an interview uh, I, I listened to today that really pissed me right off, folks. I'm sorry if that language offends you, but, you know, it really made me angry. Okay? I heard an interview today by a former guest on our show, and, and this guy's all, all saying, well, you know, we're supposed to be of the world or for, uh, not of the world. I, I understand that. Okay? I, I fully understand the concept of not being of this world. But, see, that to me is the problem. Today. That's the problem today. We can say all day long America was not founded as, as a Christian nation, for example. We know about the Masonic influence and the Hellfire Club and, the, and all this with America, the founding of America. We, we understand that. And, and we're not, when we understand how, that we cannot put our hopes and salvation into, into a, into a, um, a, a man-centric government. We get that. 
So what do we do? Do we just fold up our tents and not do anything? What what does it mean? Now, aside from the lip service that these morons pay to not being of this world, okay, aside from the, that, that, that lip service that's paid like that, we can't be of this world. What do we do? Usually, we get, well, you have to detach yourself from the world and uh, put all your faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. Now what? I'm there. Now what? Well, you have to, you have to detach yourself from the world and put all your faith and, and, you know, pray and be of God and of the Lord and immerse yourself in the Word. Okay. Now what? Well, you just gotta do that. Okay, now what? You see, now you be the example. I, I got, I got, I got neighbors over there starving. Then you feed them. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait a second. Um, we have a situation here within our community where um, we can enact a change of our school board that will actually kick out a few saintness within our school board if we assemble together a group of people and and act you know and and get them kicked out through petitions is that allowed am i allowed to do that or is that being of too much of the world because i don't want my grandchildren going to that school and being indoctrinated in, in paganistic satanic ritualistic islamo loving bs well, so you're missing a part of that. We are in the world, not of the world. I, I, I understand that. So, okay, I'm in the world now. Okay, so, so what do I do? Spiritually, we're supposed to be with withdrawn from the world. We're not supposed to be tempted and or I engaged. understand. Well, that. then you take your action. You be the example that Christ set, and you, in your obedience and in your faith walk, you act on that example. You try to be the example that Jesus set, loving your neighbors, feeding the, the, the orphans and the widows. Uh, yes, trying to remove evil influences in your community. That is not being of the world. That is trying to rid the world of evil. Jesus was not of the world. Look what he did in the world to change it. But, Okay. And you know, people can't use the excuse of not being. And I happen to see, I happen to see in 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 the in the. I just when you brought this thing over, it was already pumped up on this chat thing. I see. Well, these people are bitter. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Yeah, you're doggone right. I'm bitter. I am watching my grandchildren being taught pagan crap. I am watch. I am watching as 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 businesses around me succumb to this political correctness crap. I am watching, and I'm watching Christians. Wait wait a second. But I'm watching self-proclaimed Christians not do a doggone thing about it. And they're saying, we can't be of the world. We're just going to just sit here and pray. Because we can't get involved in that. That's 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 part of man. Okay, wait a second. God has given us the gift of life. And don't tell me I'm bitter. Sound like it. No, I'm angry. 
There's a difference between being angry and bitter. I'm angry because the reason for our current state of affairs, I don't care if it is World War Four, Three, whatever you want to call it, or I don't care whether it is the, the domestic problems that we, we have encountered uh, or we are encountering. I don't care whether it's the, the Islamic alien invasion or if it's abortion or if it's the acceptance or the, the forced tolerance of, of, of uh, homosexuality and abortion. The reason we got to this point is because the churches have been absent, have been, they have not kept to what they're supposed to be doing. And that, that means standing up and saying, no, not here, not today. And the men of morals and integrity have not stood up and stood in the gap. They have allowed this to happen. I have allowed this to happen. And yeah, I'm angry at me too. But see, it's the people who preach. Or not, not preach, I'm sorry, that's the wrong word. It's the people who adhere to a doctrine of, well, you know, you're being of the world. What does that even mean to them? If God has given us, has, has breathed life into us as men and women, and he's put us on this earth, if you believe that, does that mean we were we were just... You're just put here to do nothing but sing worship songs and hold hands while the devil and his minions take 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 us or take over around us. While while that same mindset breeds, well, I'm not sure if I'd shoot that guy coming in my house or protect my family. I'm not sure I'd have to wait for instructions from God before I'd know whether to protect my wife from a rapist. That's a mindset. Hey, I could be wrong, and you you feel free to disagree with me. I'm not. I am not pushing my belief system onto you. But I believe that of God, and I do believe that God has given me life, and has given me a purpose. And each one of you, it, it, it does see. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Trust me, I'm nobody. I'm no. In the scheme of things, I am absolutely nobody. And neither is my son. Well, I don't know yet. No. He's going to outlive me. Possibly. But generally. But each and every one of you, you know, the fact is we're nobody in the scheme of things, but we're somebody in the eyes of God because God has given us life and he's given us a job. He's given us the purpose. He's given us the free will. Should we not do something? Or are we destined just to sit here? With our thumbs up our butts and say, "Well, you know, hmm. got to wait for a download from the Holy Spirit before I know before I should uh, peel that uh, alien immigrant off my thirteen-year-old daughter." Hmm, I don't know. Hmm. Or, yeah, well, the United States was founded in in nothing but uh, pagan rituals through the uh, Freemasonry of our founding fathers. So, yeah, it's really probably not a good thing to really pray for. The country or the leaders? Nah. And and by the way, you know, here's what we're gonna do. Um, if if you happen, now this is you know here we are operating this radio station or radio program, and uh, get an email, maybe, maybe. Let's talk hypothetically here, because I don't want to talk any other way than hypothetically at the moment. Get an email 
or series of emails saying you can't talk about this because if you do, we are going to we're going to look into we're looking to oh taking you off air. Why do you think? Uh, do, do you think I would shut up at that point, or do you think I'd be, be a little bit more verbose? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'd be yelling, yipping a little bit more. So, anyway, you got a missing plane, and and Rolls Royce, and an emailer, wonderful emailer. Thank you. Uh, hang on, I'll find you. I, I do want to attribute thanks to where this is, or to who this is. Thank you, Kenneth. Kenneth writes, you know, they let the cat out of the bag when 370 went missing. They claimed that the Rolls-Royce monitors all of their engines in real time in the event of an issue. They know exactly where the, they are at all times. Follow that trail. Kenneth. I believe that to be the case. Now, I don't know for 100% certainty whether that is the case. I believe that to be true. Based on my in, uh, investigation and research of the prior incident, what, uh, which really I believe was an Illuminati event, staged event, it was MH370. And that's right. That is, he is correct. Um, at that time, there was discussion. In fact, some in the mainstream media that said that the, uh, there was monitoring of, of engines in real time, Rolls-Royce specifically. Okay. The reason I mention that only is because in this, in the whole scheme of news here, you've got that, you've got Sanders, you've got Clinton, you've got, um, Trump calling, uh, Bill Clinton a rapist, basically. <laughs> go for it, Bill. Or go for it, uh, Donald. And as I mentioned yesterday, it's not about Trump. Joe, do you believe to, do you believe it to be about Trump the man? I don't believe it to be about Trump the man. I believe it to be about the, the collateral effect damage, not damage, but collateral effect that Trump has caused. The result, the, the feeling that Trump has caused. The, um, it, it is Trump, but it's, it's this, it's more than Trump. It's this revolution of thought. Now, Is that a good thing? <laughs> I think it's a two-edged sword. Let's talk for a second. Because remember the Weimar Republic, and for those who don't know what the Weimar Republic is, it was pre, pre-Nazi Germany. It was post-World War One, pre-World War Two Germany, Weimar Republic, bang. They got, they got smacked around, the Weimar Republic got smacked around from without and from within, smacked around by the United States and the uh, other countries as well in Europe, and made to pay for a war that that they couldn't pay for. The just the punishment was incredible to the Weimar Republic people of the Weimar Republic. So, from within, they they were also infiltrated from infiltrated from within, and that bred the the genesis of Adolf Hitler. I mean, that started Hitler, the struggling artist from Austria, and uh, anyway. So, having said all of that, when you look at the events that led up to that, you see, you see that people 
in Germany were looking for the savior, the solution in one man. And don't forget about the, the Christian churches who did, uh, who actually, who actually, uh, many who supported Hitler back in the day. All right. And I'm not going to get into the Jewish, Jewish, I mean, the Jews in, in Germany. You can read about this and, and all of the various, I'm looking at this from a, from a larger perspective, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> do you see any events, or do you see any commonalities between the Weimar Republic and, and current day America? <sighs> I don't know. And th- that's not to disparage Donald Trump. No, no. But what I want to caution people, the other, the, the, the cutting edge of the sword I'm talking about, the double edged sword, is the fact that once you put in a Donald Trump, and once you elevate him to a deity status or a savior-like status. Now, I'm not saying that people are doing that. I'm just saying once you elevate him to a status where he can save the world, he can get out. You know, we can seek and get us out of this mess that we're in. We are into some trouble there because the the change does not come from the top down. It doesn't come from the executive branch down to the down to the mobile home parks of Topeka, Kansas, and to the campgrounds of, of Lake City, or to the subdivisions of of Clark County. No, no. It comes from the bottom up. It comes from the people, the churches, the, the men, especially the men of today and the strong women of today, but the men, the change has to come from the bottom up. Because if it comes from the other way, it can be, it can be, and has been, and will be polluted, corrupted, twisted. Because that's where the Saul Alinsky playbook comes in. That's where the Cloward and Piven playbook comes in. That's where the the um, Tavistock Institute has has really captured and controlled our nation. That's where the uh, Bilderbergers and Trilateral Commission are most active from the top up. But they can't fight everyone on the bottom. And I said all of that just to say this. I, I just believe that. I believe that yes, as a nation, we must be more God, uh, God-fearing, more moral, more humble, more repentant. Every one of us, but uh, both as, both as a nation, but as in every individual. I'm not sure how, how did I get off on this. I, I took a left turn somewhere. What was I talking about, Eric? What was I talking about before this? I don't know. It was I covered a lot of ground, but but do you see? Well, it was about living in this world, okay? And I and I understand. I I I understand. And thank you, Claudette. Email the word of God says we we are to occupy until it comes. That means we take authority. You know, is it really that difficult? It, it, when you think about it, do we have to be these really deep? Expositors, biblical expositors, to, to really, to to really get the gist of what we are to do. I don't think God has given us anything real complicated. I think we have to sometimes develop a mind like an eight-year-old or a six-year-old or a, you know an innocent child, perhaps is the better statement, and put our faith and trust in. In, in God, in His Word, it doesn't have to be complicated. Now, we are free to conduct the research and and such of the Bible, but it, it's simple, right? It's really simple, and, and I do believe studying, research, getting into Genesis, getting into all of this, I believe that sharpens and, and in fact, helps our faith. But it, it's not a it's not a salvation issue. 
I mean, it's not something that, but, but, Claudette said it all. We're not occupied till, till, till he comes. And, and that means, yeah, we're here. We're on terra firma. We're of the world. Okay. So let's, let's see if we can, let's see if we can change, save, save some souls. Because if we do nothing, uh, who are we helping? Steve has a good line. And, and I see him sometimes people really make, are critical of him. And once in a while I'll send out a, an email to someone and say, you know, I'll say, who have you brought to the Lord or helped bring to the Lord to, to his critics? Now, I, I, I've never really said that or typed that or said that at all because I'm not sure if I ever, you know, I just, I don't know. But isn't that what it's all about? I mean, at the, in the final analysis, isn't that what it's all about? So do we do that by doing nothing, or do we, do we do that by being silent, or do we do that by by not engaging? I don't think so. I think we have to engage. You don't want to. It's uncomfortable. My goodness, is it uncomfortable? You want to be a you want you want to really suck at a party? <laughs> go out and go out to the party and and say, "Boy, I really don't believe in that lifestyle. You two living together. How do you like that?" You want to be the life of a party? The next barbecue you have here, summer's coming up, so go out, go out and have a barbecue. And, and, and here comes uh, John and Steve. You know, just got married. And everyone's shaking their hands, kissing the bride. I'm not sure if Steve's the bride or John's the bride. All right? Go up and say, you know what? I think you need to hear a little bit about uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has to say about this. Yeah, that's not going to be a good conversation. Certainly that's not going to be comfortable. But but if you love those people or if you care about people, this is what you do, right? Or am I wrong? Do you shut up and not say a word? And, and, and because they're of the world. Is that what you do? I think if you love them, yeah. If you love them, or or if you care about them, you sit down, right, and talk. Or am I missing something? Jump in. Am I missing something, Joe? What about you? What about you? Would you rather sit behind a, a microphone and... And say, or uh, you know, use a pen and write notes in a book, or make a, you know, sell a book and say, how you know, we can't be of the world. Is that what you want to do? Basically, discourage people from going out, and, and you can go ahead and go. No, go out and preach the gospel. Just, it's okay to do that. Now, I'm not sure how you actually go out and preach the gospel. Maybe it's telepathically. I don't know if you're not of this world. I'll get emails saying, well, you don't understand. Of course, I'm joking. Try to help me with the humor here. Or keep up with me. But see, those kind of people are a dime a dozen. Those are the kind of people, as I said earlier, that I scrape off my shoe. 
And if you think that's 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 wrong, well, okay, so it is. I'll answer to my God for that. See, the reason I'm like this is I'm not sure how many more days like this I've got to go. No, I don't know anything. But I'm not so I'm not so sure I'd, I've got I don't know how many more days I have to talk like this. I'm not so sure how many days you folks out there know how long, how long you have to listen. I was talking to Steve Quayle. He said, "Look, man, I'm not so sure how much time we got." No, the world's not going to end. No. But maybe this is. Maybe our ability to talk like this is. You don't want, you don't want to prepare, don't. You don't want to hear about the... Uh, about the about the way things are. You know, you don't want to hear about the the perversions and what we can do about them. You want to just sit with your, you know, in a closed door, in a closed room, because you don't want to be of this world. Then then do that. But don't sell a book for ten bucks, then twelve bucks, fifteen bucks, whatever you're selling it for. Don't do that. Don't do that. Huh. It's being of the world. And don't preach to me. Don't do that. No. Don't tell me either that that I shouldn't do that. Because I wouldn't I wouldn't presume to tell anyone out there that either. I think Joe's a little bit hacked off. He, you know, I know he had no clue what I, I was late to the studio. I bumbling around. He had to give me a, a bib and actually put a newspaper underneath my chair. And I'm kidding, of course, but at least half of it. But I didn't tell him what I was, I was going to hijack the show. Well, the hijacking has come to an end because the next two hours we will be joined by author Daniel Holdings. He's also a radio show host. Um, he's coming out with uh, a new book, As the Darkness Falls, Part 2, and we're going to be talking about his first and his new book. Uh, also, my father will be a guest on his radio show. Um, it's going to be recorded Monday at 11.30. I think it airs Wednesday at 8 p.m. if the times haven't changed. So uh, Daniel Holdings will be up next with us. And again, his book, As the Darkness Falls, Part 2, is what we're specifically going to be talking about. And just before we hit the break, this little tidbit of news, I have to confirm it. But Egypt Air Flight MS-804, the one that's missing, flew right through Phoenix Express 2016 Naval Exercise. Could be an interesting hmm. piece of information. Something that Say what? I'm going to have what, to confirm. First of all, what is that? There apparently is an uh, exercise in the Mediterranean called Phoenix, Phoenix Express 2016 Naval Exercises. Going on right in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea as we speak. Huh. Right where this alleged plane went down. That's Unconfirmed, really but we'll get to the bottom of this. Folks, we'll be back with Daniel Holdings right after this. Stay with us.
This is the Global Star Radio Network. Look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposed the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. portion of the Hagman and Hagman Report. So, so proud to be a part of your lives. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know how much it means to all of us or to us to be a part of your lives. And, and that sounds so, oh, flowery, doesn't it? Oh, you know, we don't really mean it. That's just something to say. No, it's very true. Um, I was repacking some mugs today. We do Hagman Report stores open. I was repacking some mugs and uh, taking package packing lessons 101. That's a long story. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, really, um, we have such a great audience. We really do. We have a, a just a wonderful audience, and we could not do this without each and every one of you. And I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you who are listening. I want to publicly thank Global Star Radio Network for carrying us. I want to publicly thank... BTR, Blog Talk Radio, even though perhaps you might think, well, the Blog Talk Radio, they, they host so many shows and, uh, I mean, they play a part in all of this too. They do. You know, another person I want to thank is Michael Terrell because he, he has done some things to, to revolutionize the way I've, my focus, to, to change my focus. Michael Terrell, in case that name does not ring a bell, and it should to regular listeners, that's a man behind WholeTonesLive.com, WholeTonesLive.com. He has developed a, a music therapy set of music therapy blocks, and Hagman and Hagman listeners can get special special deal. If you go to WholeTonesLive.com, check it out right now. I mean, tonight, today. If if I didn't already have this, I'd say, boy, this would be a good Father's Day gift. Is Father's Day coming up? Or we still have a long ways to go. Anyway, yeah, but it's really cool. Um, if you're if you're having trouble focusing at the office or even at home, or if you're having trouble sleeping at night, or if you're having trouble concentrating, or if you feel tired and unmotivated and 
if you feel like you're losing control of your life, try this out. Try WholeTonesLive.com. You've got really nothing to lose. You really don't. They've got these amazing musical tones that are found to relieve stress and promote healing and to, to break negative cycles. Now, this is not not new age. And I, I get I get very tired of people who ascribe new age to biblical things only because that tells me the shallowness of their intellect in the, when it comes to these kinds of things because God has given God made me God spoke the world into existence there's a frequency of our world that's not new age that's just biblically based let's use those and Michael Terrell found a way to use those to put those together to compile these frequencies for just that, for the healing and for the stress relief. That's God. I mean, that's really divinely inspired. Folks, you can get started today. You can listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals and inspires at wholetoneslive.com with a W, W H O L E, toneslive.com. We have gotten so many emails, and I would do, I would, you know, I'd recommend too if you, if you are so inclined to email Michael Terrell from Whole Tones Live and say, hey, this has helped me in this way or that way. Give him some feedback. He's, he's receptive to it. But we've gotten many happy people who have written us. And again, we had Michael Terrell on our show, and if, if you want to know really the intricacies of whole tones, you can go back to those particular shows. He explains how the music was inspired by the music frequencies of King David. Folks, go to the website, wholetoneslive.com, wholetoneslive.com, download a free sample. And then go on and definitely order from there. That's wholetoneslive.com with a W. W H O L E, tonesalive.com. Get it today. Absolutely. Tonight and now, we are joined by author and radio show host Daniel Holdings. Go to danielholdings.com. You can get the, uh, all the information about his books. Um, he's got a package deal. He's got, uh, is, I believe the latest book, um, As the Darkness Falls, the second edition is coming out. He also has a book, uh, Three Days in the Belly of the Beast, the first, uh, episode in the Cooper Chronicles. And he has put together some fascinating work, uh, writing fiction novels based on actual current events and what is unfolding in the world. Faction. Yeah, faction, because a lot of what he's written as fiction, not only in the first edition of the book, but in the second edition of the book, are coming to pass. Daniel, I think the last time you were on the show was last October uh, 2015. It has been a while. It's great to have you back on the show. How have you been? I'm doing good, guys. Thank you so much for for having me uh, back on. It's always good talking to you. And, uh, yes, uh, As the Darkness Falls has just been re-released in a second edition uh, just last week. I feel like I'm coming out of a dark cave. It, it almost took longer to, uh, to do the second edition than it did to pin the first edition. So, uh, it feels good. It's, it's freed me up to do some other things that, uh, I've needed to do. But, you know, uh, I did catch the, the tail end of your first segment there. And, uh, Doug, I want to say to you, let the hijacking continue. <laughs> uh, because I thought that, uh, 
your comments were so right on. It's particularly when you said uh, I that I, meaning you, don't know how much longer I have to tell you these things or how much longer you have to listen. And so, guys, you know, one of the things about going back over as the darkness falls, it makes me very cognizant of the time we were in. Because when I initially wrote that book uh, in 2011 and it came out in 2012, you know, the Lord just did a download on me. He gave me all this stuff, and I thought it was fiction. I mean, I, I, yes, I saw things. I had visions. I had dreams. People had visions and dreams, and he took me to some other scientific research, and I put them all together in this nifty story. Um, and then stuff, as you said, Joe, be, started, started coming true. And so that, that really, you know, coupled with what happened out of the, the first book, because there was stuff in the first book that came true, I began to understand that these books were larger than just myself, larger than just a, um, larger than just a story, that, that, uh, the father was trying to get his creation's attention. Okay, that was in 2011, 2012. Now, fast forward to 2016. Guys, the thing that really gave me pause as I wrapped up the, uh, the editing of that second edition was, was how many things in that book are coming true right before our eyes. And that tells me, Doug, that there is not a lot of time. And we're going to talk about some of those things out of that book, some of the, some of the crazy stuff that I, you know, I put in there as part of the story, and we're we're seeing it manifest right now. So, to your point, I think uh, I, I think you were right on. I mean, I think the the feeling that you have is uh, a cross between frustration because people will not wake up, and a cross between I don't know maybe desperation, and that we want to be good servants, right? Those those that serve the Father. Uh, and that are saved by his son, we want to be counted worthy when we stand before him because we know that we're going to stand before him one day. And so we want to be able to use every single millisecond that we are given on this earth to talk about him. And so uh, that's why I say, you know, continue the hijacking because I think, uh, Doug, you were right on uh, in, in saying what you said in the comments that you said. But uh, well, Dennis, little, thank you, thank you. I, and, and I just want—I just want to interject this. Joe, you know, said, "Boy, you could have been a little bit more on point, articulate using Bible scripture." And I could have been, indeed. However, I'm—I'm I'm not. At times, I'm not a very articulate man, and I speak from the heart, not from a script. And if people don't understand what I'm saying, then maybe, well, you know, I'm sorry about that. But, but Daniel, thank you so much for your confirmation. Well, you're welcome. And, and to clarify, audience, uh, Doug Hagman is going to be on uh, my show with my co-host and I, The Remnant Road, on Monday morning. He's going to be live. It's Doug Hagman live on The Remnant Road. Uh, and he'll be there for an hour and a half. We'll be talking about his books and some of the other crazy stuff that your career has taken you uh, through. That's going to be on HebrewNationOnline.com, and you can hear him live there. Uh, but uh, and then it'll be on the podcast later. But I, you know, I thank you so much for agreeing to to be on. I, I'm really looking forward to the discussion because I want to hear about your new book. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to I want to go back to to something else you said in that segment just a second ago. 
you were talking about uh, talking to people about the Lord uh, and the necessity to do so. Uh, there is an absolute imperative that we do this, but do we do the question is do we do this to everybody? See, that's the question. Because the Bible that I read says this. It says that no one comes to the Father unless he draws them. And then, so so what does that mean, Daniel? Well, that means that we have to be super sensitive to the Holy Spirit in order to know who to talk to. But that doesn't mean you sit back on your butt and talk to nobody. That doesn't mean you curl up in a, you know, a fetal position and... and uh, because you're scared and say, no, no, God hasn't directed me. No, that means you have, audience, you have to hear me. Because these are the days that we are going into. You have to be on your face before the Lord. And you have to live a life of repentance. I, I didn't say repent, right? That's not what I said. I said live a life of repentance, right? Because, Doug and Joe, this is what happens. When we become Christians, this is what happens. We get a badge, right, a little button, and we put it on our shirt and it says, I'm a Christian. Right, I'm part of the club. I'm saved. I'm good. Right, and that is how 99 percent of believers go through their life, part of the club. But that's not what we're called to. We are called to a life of killing ourselves. I don't mean physically. Right, the word talks about dying to our flesh, <laughs> and we don't, we don't do that. The Word talks about living out the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And it goes on, and it says, against these things there is no law. Right? But we don't do that either. We wear a badge. Right? The Word says, Timothy, uh, Paul told Timothy to study to show yourself approved. It didn't say be spoon-fed from the pulpit. But we don't study. We get spoon-fed from the pulpit. And we shine up our badge sometimes says Christian, I'm a Christian. Right? It doesn't say anything about that badge. Now, how do you hear the Holy Spirit give you direction in order uh, to know who to talk to about the gospel? Well, it doesn't happen all of a sudden. You have to train your ear. You have to continually talk to him. Paul said, I pray continually. Well, what's that mean? Is he always on his knees? I don't think so. I think he went through his day and he talked to the Lord. And the Lord talked back to him. So do we do that? Or are we just shining our badge? See, here's the thing, Doug. In these days, darkness is falling. And this was this was the message when I wrote that book. I I knew the Holy Spirit told me that there was a day coming when the darkness would be so thick. Only the light of the Lord would be seen in that darkness. And the light of the Lord lives in each and every one of us that have submitted his life to the Lord. And I said submitted, audience. I didn't say wearing your badge. Because your fruit, the fruit of the Spirit inside of you, will be evident in your everyday life. And it is that fruit that will give people pause when they come across your path. And they will say, I want what he's got. Why are you different, Doug? What is up with you? Why are you smiling? And that doesn't smile about people get their heads cut off, they're starving. Well, why are you smiling? There's an opening. Or somebody is just hammered and they're weeping and they're 
they're crying, they've lost a loved one, or there's bad circumstances in, the, in their mouth, and Doug can go to them and, and share with them. And they would receive what you have because the fruit of the Spirit is evident in you. See, we're not only called to move our jaws, we are called to move our feet. We are called to live this life. And most believers today are not living that life. And all of us, as you so aptly pointed out, will have to stand before him very soon. And I, you know, I'm with you. I don't think the world's going to end, right? I, my, my, uh, my position on a pre-tribulation rapture is not unlike your position, probably. I don't, I don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I believe we're going to have to see some things. But we are called to be salt and light in a dying world, in a world that is growing darker by the day. Folks, you can't be salt as in seasoning, and you can't be light as in a brightness unless there is something different about you. And that badge that we wear on our shirts is not it. This is a time to stop messing around. This is a time to see life as it really is. Because things are so quickly eroding all around us that the, the sands of the hourglass, the very last sands of the hourglass, we can see them coming out of that the top of the, uh, the hourglass. And so we're going to talk about some of those changes, some of those things that are imminent, that are happening right now. Yeah, let's but do before that, Daniel. That, uh, well, just real quick, that, if I can jump in. Uh, just to let sure. you know, there uh, uh, before the inter- interview started, we were talking about getting some static over the air. I don't know if there's a loose wire uh, or what's going on, but we are getting intermittent static. It's uh, tolerable, uh, but just wanted to let you know that that was coming through. Uh, here and there. Um, I yeah, I don't know if it's from your headset or, or what. I have been told that I, I was a loose wire. <laughs> <laughs> but the audio is uh, uh, crystal clear, aside from the uh, uh, static there. That is real strange, because one of the things I, I just did is... Uh, when you lost me for a second, you didn't even notice I was gone. Todd took care of it, but I had I'd switched ports because I wondered if it was the uh, the other port on my computer that it was you know the port on my computer that was causing this. But you're still having issues. Let me get rid of this. Maybe this is it. Uh, I don't know if that helps. Get rid of that. Uh, I don't know if that works. Does that did that help at all? No, we're still getting the feedback. Um, yeah, it's it's more of a uh, it's more like a, a, a crossbar. If you just try not to move, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, we can uh, roll with it and uh, maybe reconnect at the top of the hour. Oh, okay, so I mean, let, let's get into it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, we, you know, this is uh, this is the challenges of living in rural America because, as you know, I've relocated to the rural uh, area of Kentucky. And uh, we we get uh, satellite beer wireless, and sometimes this this happens. Uh, I, I hope that the quality of the audio would be better though than um, than the phone so, call. Okay, oops. 
I was going to say, however, you were just sitting just now and and positioned just now, just freeze and talk because <laughs> it was good. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll stay uh, right here if at all possible. But my notes are over here, so let me reach over here and get my notes. Uh, audience, don't you love live radio? This is live radio. We love live radio. Uh, so, okay, let's get into this. Um, let me let me ask you a question, Doug. Let me ask you a question. Uh, would World War II have happened if Neville Chamberlain wasn't the Prime Minister of England? And I am, um, I just re asked the question to my dad as he had to. <laughs> yeah, I, as I was. World War II have happened if Neville Chamberlain? Uh, you, you know what? That's a an excellent question because I believe it would have. Because it's it it to me, it's never about one man. It's about well, it's about a number of things. But in in that case, as it is today, it's about the God's prophetic time clock. And it's about more than one man. That one man might be a, a puppet, obviously. But if it wouldn't be for Neville Chamberlain, it would be somebody else. So my answer, yeah, probably. Uh, maybe, but I think it might have been over. <laughs> or, well, or, or minimized from the beginning. Uh, okay, okay, okay. This, yeah. is the reason why I, this is the reason I asked that question. Because just uh, a few minutes ago, I saw a headline that said that NATO... Is uh, ramping up to their highest level of preparedness since the Cold War, and I thought, okay, that's kind of like preparing, uh, you know, closing the door after the cat is out of the house or something, uh, because you have a bunch of people that are in the office right now, that are in government right now, that has stripped down the U.S. military, that has debased the U.S. military, really, uh, and changed the culture of the military from what it once once was, and then they took away their guns. Uh, so for, for, you know, for the leaders to all of a sudden say, well, wait a minute, Russia is really a serious threat and we need to do something about it, let's meet in July and we'll talk about how to fix it. You know, I, I'm thinking, are you people, well... Let me just say that uh, I read a terrific quote from uh, Benjamin Franklin yesterday, and I, I, I probably saw this quote before, although I didn't recall seeing it. Benjamin Franklin said that we are all born into ignorance, but to, uh, uh, to stay ignorant, one has to try really hard. Uh, I'm sorry, but to stay stupid, or to, to be stupid, one has to try really hard. And we got a lot of stupid people. <laughs> Either they are absolutely ignoramuses, or this all is on purpose. This all is a plan. You know what, Daniel? I believe that th that we are being orchestrated into this because when you look at U.S. troop levels in their deployment across the world, this. Um, uh, 2016 index of U.S. military strength that came out uh, from the Heritage Organization. Um, now, numbers are numbers, okay? So, whether it's Heritage or some other company or uh, firm or group that brings them out, but when you look at this, 
the um, the assessment of, of the troops in deployment tells me that this was a orchestrated and uh, incremental reduction of forces to mm. you know pre or post World War II levels. I mean, immediately following World War II, there's a chart out there, and I can't put my hands on it right now, but uh, our our capacity, our capability, and our readiness have in terms of uh, US military are, are are just incredibly low and this this I can ascribe to not just uh, Obama but uh, the 8 years of congressional uh, uh appeasement to Obama so mm. yeah interesting mm. well okay now remember that word i just used uh, a plan is this stupidity or is this a plan it could be a stupid plan i suppose but I happen to believe it is a plan. And the funny thing is, why am I talking about this? Because in the, as the darkness falls, I actually talked about the plan. And you might recall that. The plan that the elites had to bring about uh, a new world order. And see, here's the thing. I was just, I was on uh, another talk show uh, yesterday, and I was asked the question, you know, uh, do I think that the um uh th- that the three big guys uh, Putin, Obama and Wu, I think his name is out of China because of the superpowers. Uh do I think that uh, they actually talk to each other or they really uh, hate each other and they're just going to co- go after each other because another headline I just read just before I came on the air was that China warns the United States that they are ready for a confrontation and they're talking specifically about the area in the Pacific where they are kind of flexing their muscles and expanding their territory and all that kind the of South stuff. South China Sea. Yeah, yeah exactly. South China Sea. Yep, yep. So, yep. and my comment to him was, come on, honestly, you know, first of all, you think those guys don't talk to each other? And secondly, I said, I don't think for a second that those are the guys. I think those guys are puppets. But that's just me. I'm a cynic. I'm a, you know, conspiracy nut. I think somebody is pulling the strings behind the scenes and uh really is is in the end game to format this uh this one world government that they are looking to to come about with but they it's the Hegelian dialectic they have to cause a problem in order to bring the solution what's the problem we're going to get into finances in just a second but uh what's the problem the problem is they are going to bring about war they're going to kill off a bunch of people, and then they're going to come in like the saviors to fix everything. But the world that we will see after that will be far different than the world we have now, even in in its damaged state that we uh, see it now. So here's the point, that there is not enough time to be dancing around the subject of who Jesus is. There's not enough time. There's not enough time to keep your mouth shut. Honest, are you hearing me? Okay. Doug Hagman, Daniel Holdings, Joe Hagman, or anybody else that supposedly has a microphone cannot be at your picnic. They can't be at your outdoor barbecue. They can't be at your kid's soccer game. You can if you call Jesus your uh, savior and your king. You can. So are you looking for the opportunity? Are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit to say this? You know, look, you know, see, and look, people don't respond for the most part to preaching, right? 
they they don't want to respond to preaching. But let's say that the couple that you were talking about, right? One of them has family problems with their family or whatever. That's an opening, right? You you don't have to beat somebody over the head to share the gospel with them. But it does have to be the unadulterated gospel. You can't water it down. But there's a way to talk to them. And if you listen for the Holy Spirit, he will give you that opportunity. And as Paul learned, he will give you the words to say, even the most difficult circumstances. So yes, Doug, yes. That, that is the, uh, that's the uh, hijack scenario. And uh, you are absolutely right in those things that you, you started talking about uh, at the end of that last segment. But so why is it? Here's the question. Why is it that we don't have enough time? What's going on? Danny, you guys are a bunch of, uh, you know, fear porn mongers or something. You know, you guys, you guys just peddling this stuff and you guys have been talking about this stuff forever. And nothing's happened yet. Really? Joe, has anything happened yet? Do you know if, uh, you know, the sky is falling. Do, do you know if anything is, uh, you know, justifies that statement? That, that, that things are going south. Is there anything happening right now, or is it just stuff that's going on in the future? What do you I think? don't know. I would say not only that things are happening, but things have happened, and we are towards the end of our rope. As Russ Dizdark says, and I like this analogy the best, we are in a car that has driven off a cliff. We're just waiting to hit the ground. <laughs> I've never heard him say that, but that's a good analogy. Uh, so let's talk about that car. How, why, how are things so... You guys, you guys are just so... Depressing. Things are bad. Steve Whale, friend of ours. Uh, so so depressing. Nothing's happened. He keeps talking about all this crazy stuff, and nothing's happened. Okay, let's look at the facts. So, for those of you, and your audience is awake, so it, it really doesn't do any good for me to be cynical with them. Because they don't know stuff that's going on, because they listen to you guys. But let's look at some of the numbers. Let's look at some of the facts, okay? Let's look at the economic realm. Yeah, 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 let's do that, okay? Because that's money. When it comes to money, we want to know what's going on, okay? So, there's a, there's a little thing, and I know you guys talk about such things, uh, called the Baltic Dry Index. And, and, you know, you may remember, I came out of the financial an economic arena. This is not like I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't talk about a lot because, it, you know, I feel dirty. <laughs> I participated at one time, but you now I do know a little something. So let's talk about the dry Baltic index. If you were to put uh, the uh, a dot on a, on a piece of paper, that dot represented you, okay? And then you went far out on the edges of that piece of paper and you drew a circle, a concentric circle around that dot, right? But it's way far away from you. That's kind of like the dry Baltic index. This is one of those little boring leading indicators that keeps track of these uh, shipping freight containers audience and that move across the high seas of the world. Now, why is that any concern to you, right? Well, they got a whole bunch, dozens and dozens and dozens of shipping freighters with empty decks, no containers on them, because they are not moving products. The dry shipping index crashed last year. And, you know, you think that it couldn't go down any further. It is now in the toilet. 
It is at an all-time low, and people are stunned by how how poorly it is doing. What they should be stunned about is that concentric circle on the edge of the page. Because let's assume for the sake of discussion that you saw a nuclear bomb go off, and it was kind of far into the in the distance. It even took the noise a little while to get to you, right? So, okay, that was uncomfortable when the noise hit you, but when that concussion blast hits you, that's going to hurt. That's the dry Baltic index. That happens way out there on the edges of that paper, far from your little dot. But when you, when it, when, when you, when it gets to you, you're gonna know it. What are you talking about, Daniel? I got, my Walmart has, has, uh, plenty of food, plenty, you guys are, are just scaring people now. No. Your Walmart has, uh, stock in the back room, and it probably has stock in warehouses, but the stock that they would normally move in from other parts of the world is not being moved in because those ships are empty. That's my point. That's a leading indicator. That's way out there. So then if you took another, a pen and you drew another circle around that dot, but you drew, this circle would be a little closer to you. Closer in that far edge circle. And you call that circle, uh, let's see, call it, and I forget the name of the index, but you call it the, uh, the, the freight train index. I forget the name of it. But it's, there is an index that keeps track of, of, of freight trains and, and the movement of these freight trains and the products that these freight trains, trains are moving. Because on it, this is how we, for the, for the most part, ship, uh, product around, uh, the United States is on rail. So, Let's say for the sake of discussion, I think I hear that crackling in my own ear now. Let's say yeah, for the Daniel, sake of discussion. Just to let you know, and, and don't mean to interrupt, but the, uh, the, uh, interference or, or whatever it is has gotten, um, it's pretty rough. I don't know if we can switch, switch to a landline or if you have another headset or another option, but you are, uh, getting cut off in what you say, uh, pretty frequently. Mm. Just to let you know. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't why don't I call you right back? I'll call you right back on the phone, or or uh, Todd can call me back on the phone. Um, and Todd, that the, num- I'll, I'll the number we talked on. Oh, you, if yeah, if you want to send yes, that yes, to Todd yes, via yes, Skype. Number. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll that's fine. That, that number there. And, and okay. in the meantime, we'll, we'll, that's fine. We'll, we'll drop you now, and then in the meantime, we're just going to sing some songs together and uh, and uh, hold hands and. Kumbaya, try that. Sing kumbaya. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, brother, and I don't think anyone out there wants to wants to hear me sing. I'll tell you that. All right, you know, folks, we're talking with Daniel Holdings right now, and uh, I would urge everyone to, to visit his website. And certainly, his books are are very unique in the fact that, um, um, uh, in fact, I had given uh, somebody, well, uh, a friend of mine, his series, and what his books are much like i like to relate it to what i did um in fact perhaps i even copied that from him it's kind of an introduction into current events where, where my book um listening by blood was my experience and then showing people laying it all out i was a slow learner basically i didn't realize that there was a you know system within a system within a system and there's this deep dark secrets out there he, his books offer the same kind of initiation into this um somewhat at times dry topics you know you can hand um someone the book um the illuminati it's a huge book it's by uh, johnny uh, uh Cerucci, i believe his name is 
and it's an, it's an excellent resource manual, but his is written in, in a novel format, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's really it's it's an interesting book. It has a lot, and I have to say this: his information in those books, when he published initially published them a couple of years ago, it, from ISIS to where we are today, is coming to pass. So, you know, it, it's uh, it does break the ice. <laughs> it breaks the ice. Breaks the ice. So he's a talented writer, and and most assuredly a talented. Uh, or a very good set of books, uh, a good series of books, and I would urge everyone to visit his website, support him, and certainly grab a hold of his books and use them as tools to pass out. Uh, Absolutely. To ahead, Absolutely. Sir. And we have Daniel back with us. Uh, I, I am back, guys, and I'm sorry about that. Uh, I don't know what's, uh, what's going on with the headsets, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Okay, uh, uh before I go back into what I was saying, let me let me just say something. I, I want to do something for you and your audience. And um, uh, if you audience, if you want one of those books or the package, whichever, if you want multiple books, it doesn't matter. What I have done is I have. Uh, if you go to my website, and it's only on my website, DanielHoldings.com, and I um, I don't have any control over Amazon or anything. I have a control over my website. And and you purchase any of those books, what I have done is I have put a coupon code in the system for you so that when you go to checkout and you put in the coupon, coupon code of Hagman, then it'll give you another 15% off of those books. And those books are actually already discounted off of uh, Amazon and other sites anyway, uh, but it'll give you another 15%. So uh, I, I do encourage you, not because it's about slinging books, but because that stuff is happening right now, and there's some there's some stuff in there that you need to know. Uh, so please, by all means, visit the site and uh, put in the coupon code of Hagman at DanielHolings.com, and that'll give you another 15% off. But guys, what I was saying um, before I, I got cut off was that you know, if you drew another circle around that dot and you put this this circle a little closer to you, but it's still a little further out, and and you call it the train index, what what you would find is I read an article just a couple of weeks ago that said that the train the freight train index is in the toilet as well. That there are uh, you know dozens and dozens of Union Pacific trains in in, in full train yards gathering dust. And so what, what does that mean, Daniel? You know, there's okay, whatever. No, what that means is those are the uh, trains that bring stuff to your Walmart or your Kroger or whatever the case may be. So, okay, you're not feeling the pinch now, but are you getting the picture? One more index. If you drew a circle a little closer to you, this is almost right on you now, and this circle uh, would happen to be the... Uh, the index that keeps track of uh, semi-truck uh, builders, right? And what we have found is that these semi-trucks are not being built now because those semi-trucks cannot build. I mean, they cannot sell those trucks. Those companies cannot sell those trucks, so they stop building them, which means that they're not moving freight across the highways either. So if, if we were to take a step back, you see the far concentric circle on the edges of the paper from your dot, and you see another one 
and then you see another one very much closer to you. Folks, do you get the picture? See, we... <laughs> I know I know you all know who Jim Willie is, and uh, Jim Willie came up and said a couple of weeks ago that he thought that the economy was going to crash by July, by mid-July. And you've had several people, pundits much smarter than I am, that have come out and said that they didn't think the economy was going to make it beyond uh, October. So, do you think this is chicken little stuff? Do you think this is the sky is falling stuff? No. Joe, in answer to the question that I asked you, do we have evidence? This is the evidence. These are numbers. The yes. numbers don't lie. That's you, right. So, okay. So what's what's a guy to do? Well, we're going to talk about what, what you know what you can do. But the first thing that you better do, the first thing, and Doug, to your point earlier, you better get on your face. You better repent. I'm talking to Christians. I'm talking to believers, right? We, we're not called to repent one time. Raise your hand in church and say, I'm good. You're not called to wear a badge. You're called to wear, to, to live a life of submission as a disciple to die to your flesh, to show the fruits of the Spirit, that's the first thing that we should be doing. And we can talk about some of the physical things that you can do in a little bit, but the point is that there's no more time, Doug, just like you said. You don't know how long? Folks, I don't, I had this discussion with uh, a host on another show that I was on yesterday with. He said, Daniel, we got to have you back. I, I don't know how much longer we got. I, I said, you know, at the very least... I don't know how much longer the airways will stay free. You understand? Because what is coming next is not this. What's coming next is a totalitarian environment that is anything but free. You know, I, I told you I was on a show uh, yesterday, uh, Joe, and it, it was it was a good show, and a, a pretty big show, a popular show. And I yeah, did a lot uh, of things. John John B. Wells, right? Uh, he's a friend of our show, and we've uh, done done airtime with him, and he's been on our show, and uh, he's he's a good friend of ours. He's got a great audience and, and covers a variety of topics. He's a great guy, and um, I said a bunch of stuff on there and, and stuff that people didn't want to hear. I am not kidding you. A helicopter buzzed my house last night about 1230, and, and it was low. I mean, I'm sure it was hovering. Right. I was out in rural Kentucky, right? They had come looking for me. But folks, this is the thing. There is, there's not a lot of time to say the truth. There's not a lot of time to give you give the truth out. Because the environment is changing. That is where we are. So, Joe, when you were talking to me about, you know, what do I want to talk about tonight, I, I said, I want to talk about the truth. Let's talk about the truth, and let's not... Let's not milly mouth around it. Let's not dance around the truth. <laughs> For once, let's grow some intestinal fortitude and, and, and deal with the truth head on, okay? So here's a little bit of truth for you. When, uh, when we look at the season we were in, and I'm not talking about the, uh, the season I was just talking about, the economic season, I'm talking about the political season that we're in, right? We are being given a choice of two candidates for the most part. And Bernie Sanders, you know, keeps screaming that he's still in the race. And 
Yeah, he's not going to get it. I mean, it's Hillary Clinton, for crying out loud. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so you have Hillary Clinton, who, who by the way, is, and you guys must have seen this because I saw this, uh, words come out that she might want to have Bill Clinton as her running mate. <laughs> can, can you imagine a Clinton and Clinton White House? Wow. I mean, that would be something. Anyways, okay, so Hillary Clinton, right? Now, set aside uh, all of our history with Hillary Clinton, right? We all have opinions, but set it aside for a second. Just look at her on the face of who she is, right? Assuming that she's the nominee. And then look at the other guy, Donald Trump. Okay, everybody is excited about Donald Trump. I mean, they're, oh, they're excited. All right, Donald Trump is the new Reagan. Guys, I served yes, under is. Reagan. <laughs> and what people are saying, I served under Reagan. Donald Trump is not a Reagan. Yeah, I, I, I want to, I want to say, uh, uh, well, I won't use that line, but what uh, Dan Quayle was hit with by what's his name? <laughs> I knew so and so. I forget who he was talking about, but, uh, uh, but people are saying that Donald Trump is the new Reagan. Let's, let's the truth. I'm giving you truth, whether you like it or not. Uh, is Donald Trump the new Reagan? Okay, let's look at this for a second. Okay. Donald Trump made his money in the casino business and then in real estate. He's a businessman. They, they tell him he's a businessman. But he was a casino guy first. And then he was in real estate. And I don't know if you've ever been in, around casinos, but they're not the nicest places. I, I like blackjack. I'm not knocking playing the slots right now. I'm just saying, if you're going to make a, a living there, that's an ugly place to make a living. And that's got to that's gotta do something to you. That's got to make you somebody. And then the other side of this is that uh, if you ask Donald Trump, um, you know, uh, a question, he is the greatest thing to slice bread. He's a narcissist. But that's the choice. So you have Hillary Clinton... Or you have Donald Trump. Now, okay. It, here's, here's the point. Do you think for one second, audience, that either of those people could run for president if they weren't pre-picked to run for president? Honestly. Think about this for a second. You don't get to play in that sandbox unless you're part of the club. And if you look back to, to history, you look at the various presidents, that uh, presidential nominees that ran against each other, they were all related to each other. Those guys, that lady, I should say, and that guy are two, hot heads, two sides of the same coin. This is a system. And you are being given, being given a choice from, uh, from bad or, or worse. What kind of choice is that? And I just told you that I didn't think for one second that the people that ran the country, the face of the country, or the people that ran the country, that it's people behind the scenes running the country. And if you don't believe me, ask yourself who won that election in uh, 2008. The numbers pointed to Romney, and yet, yet Obama won. And Hillary Clinton <laughs> was was... Ahead, it, when when uh, when she ran against uh, 
uh, Obama, she was ahead, and yet she lost. And, and the look on her face when she came out was, wow, I can't believe that happened. You know, when um, uh, when um, Clinton, Bill Clinton was in the office, and people were saying, oh, you know, we're gonna, we need we need to fix the country. And then, uh, you know, uh, George Bush, uh, George W. Bush got in 2000. And uh, then then we won Congress, or maybe just before that. So we, we held, you know, we held a majority. They didn't fix anything. They didn't fix anything. And Doug, you, you, <laughs> you know doggone well what went on with 9-11. They didn't fix anything. In fact, it almost got worse. And then Obama comes in, and it gets... Really, really terrible. Really terrible. I did a, I did a show. Uh, <laughs> I was a standing host for somebody else on another network, and uh, I, I mentioned that Obama had dished out, and this was last year's count, 923 executive awards. The one closest to him was George Bush, and he had dished out like 36 or something like that. Obama has changed the face of this country, and not in a good way. And now we are given a choice between Hillary Clinton, the criminal, or Donald Trump, the narcissist. Come on. I mean, really, we're talking about truth here. Guys, we are being set up. This is a system. And I am choosing to withdraw my consent. I am choosing to get off the hamster wheel. And I will not be part of the raw rock crowd. Because, you know, guys, you've read my books. I've already said that I didn't think Obama was going anywhere. If there's a crash this summer, and if war breaks out, there will not be an election. And yet, we are so distracted by that stuff, instead of being on our faces, instead of crying out to God, we're just caught on the hamster wheel. We're running, running, running. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Folks. And the funny thing is the Bible told us this was going to happen. I am telling you what will happen after this season that we're in is ugly. It is ugly. And the world that emerges, emerges out of it, it will be unrecognizable. And we have been set up here. This is where it starts. Actually, it's already started, but this election. Because you're not being given a choice. I want to believe. If I was that right, I'd vote for Donald Trump. I, I want to believe he, he can fix it. Now, we, the, the Republicans had Congress. They had the president. Didn't fix anything. Guys, this is a hamster wheel. It's a system. This is where we are. This is true. The question is, will you accept the truth for what it is? Or will we make excuses? No, 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 Daniel. No, no. There's got to be some solution. What are we supposed to do? Withdraw your consent. Get off the wheel. Where, where, where do I get that phrase at? Withdraw your consent. That's actually <laughs> in the, uh, the, the Declaration of Independence, I believe. To withdraw our consent. Interesting. This is not yeah, what we yeah. think it is. Well, well you, you make a couple of great points here. Uh, number one, 
and we, I talked about this the first hour. It kind of hijacked the, the first hour in the sense that, you know, Donald Trump himself, I, I, oh boy, you know, we're getting close to the top of the hour, but, but uh, to me, a lot of people are focusing on the man and not the movement or not the collateral effect that Donald Trump is having. Because it's certainly easy to talk about Trump. It's certainly easy to, to isolate his, um, you know, his, um, how many marriages he's had and, you know, all of his, the immoral points and you and you had brought out too where yeah you know what you operate a, a casino believe me a casino is not the same as a logistics company okay there are two different environments there um being a ceo of we'll say a logistics company or uh of a manufacturing plant is a, certainly a whole lot different than being a ceo of, of a casino and in the 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 real estate business as well. I mean, if we really want to get down into this, uh, because of the uh, when you're building commercial property or handling commercial property, and I don't want to get too far into it, but we're, since we're coming up on the uh, top of the hour here, and, but if people would really think this through, you've got to jockey around a whole bunch of regulations. You are really hostage to a system that is tilted, slanted, and 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 really a bad system bureaucratic-wise and, and elsewise. So you've got to do things that may not be morally acceptable. Well, I shouldn't say you have to. That's that's the, the more expedient way. So he's got a lot that he has done, Donald Trump has done in his past, that certainly I'm sure he does not, not want to be brought out. Now, on the other hand, that that's the playing field in which she operated. But look at look at Clinton. Her playing field as well. That's pure political evil, in my view. So, you know, by by comparison, Daniel, I, I believe that that one is by bureaucratic necessity. That's not excusing it. That's just explaining it. Difference, and the other is by willful evil in the political arena for the narcissistic, to use your word, uh, as well. Uh, psychopathic. Well, let me ask perhaps. you this: What if what if you can put two and two together, and the world and the United States can put two to, two together? And say, well, this there's no way that we're going to let this lady in. We have to have this guy because he's the only choice. So who is but Donald see, Trump? But, but see, to, to me, Daniel, do, do you believe that he? You, see, we he's not the only choice. She's not the only choice. We had the choice, but see the silence of the people behind the pulpits and the people, the Christians, when you, when Mike Huckabee was out there saying, hey, I'll close down the abortion uh, mills, the, the killing mills. We had that opportunity to, to uplift him and get behind him, but people kept saying the Tavistokian lie that, well, he doesn't have a chance, and heck, you know, he doesn't have a chance. Well, it's because we bought well, into that did. lie. Honestly, he did But why didn't he have a chance? To, they were right. Obviously, well, in retrospect, they were right. But why? Because he because wasn't it, part of the club. There you go. There we'll you think this exactly. Right after the break, folks, you're listening to Daniel Holdings. DanielHoldings.com. Smart guy. As the Darkness Falls, second edition just coming out. Uh, we'll be right back with Daniel on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 
town or it's for the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reporter. This is special guest, Mr. Daniel Holdings, author, researcher, former Reagan member, worked for Reagan, uh, Ronald, president. Yeah, that's right. Radio show host. Yeah. yeah. And author. And author, yeah. Um, before we get back to um, Mr. Holdings, I want to mention, folks, healthmasters.com. If you haven't gone to healthmasters.com to sign up for the newsletter, please do so. Let Ted know that, uh, Dr. Ted Brower know that, uh, uh, his, his minerals, vitamins, nutritional supplements are in fact the best out there. Uh, purple sticks. Oh, mama. Purple sticks. Buy a blender with those. <laughs> Buy a blender. Yeah, no, me and Eric joke how you can't. It takes so long to to crush the powder. Uh, but 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 you know, I I um uh no, uh, purple sticks and uh, vitamin B. All of their nutritional supplements are really made of the best ingredients. He sources out the best, and and I'm really proud to have him as a sponsor. We are proud to have him as a sponsor of the Hagman the Hagman Report. That's healthmasters.com. Don't go to these cheap. Knockoff stores where you get uh, vitamins made from China and, and like you know, Walmart, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do that. Chain do retail that. chain, yeah, because you can tell the difference. I know I can um, when I take the 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 product from from uh, Health Masters, and and I'll, I'll say this: the um, distiller that they have that is a cut above anything. I, I don't know. I mean, I know how distillers work. I I understand the concept behind it, but the, this his distiller. And I've had water distillers before. His distiller is one of the best out there. Now you're going to pay a few bucks more for it, but it's like it, his supplements. They yeah, are they yeah. are created in uh, his uh, factory. Yes, they are packaged by his employees, which are his family. It's all in the house, and it might cost a little more than than vitamins at Walmart, but the quality is so much more. 
Um, I, you know, I, you see articles that say, you know, you take multivitamins, but it does no good because, you know, they don't digest in your system right, fast right. enough and whatnot. I mean, Ted stands by his products because he is, him, him and his family use their products. Just like with sponsors that we have. That's right. We won't, uh, we will not ever, 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 ever endorse anything we don't use ourselves. Exactly. And, and I told Alex Jones one time, because he, he has his own line, I said, I'll wrestle you. Uh, you know, you, you, you and I will, will, will wrestle. I'm kidding around with him, of course. I said, I'll, you know, I'll get hopped up on purple sticks and health masters vitamins and I'll, 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 I'll take you on with, with your, your line. And, uh, I was kidding. You know, I, I was joking around, okay? No, just, just so you understand, okay? Yeah, we, we, actually, actually, we could probably sell a lot of tickets for that. Yeah, you, could. you know? Oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, but another, another person, certainly, that I have, uh, some respect for, respect for, I shouldn't say some respect for, but respect for is, Mr. Daniel Holdings, DanielHoldings.com. As an author, he's written some fantastic books t- covering some very important topics here. Uh, topics that you're not going to see on The Five or, or on Fox News Sundays or live or whatever. Or Morning or, Trilateral Commission. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mika, what do you think? Uh, reference, of course, to Mika Brzezinski um, on MSNBC and Morning Joe. But, uh, yeah, so... We're talking about some very important things, but when you look at things through a biblical perspective, if current events are a biblical perspective, that's what we're doing right now. And Mr. Holdings is talking about Donald Trump and about Hillary Clinton, the current current environment. Of course, we have China that's rearing its ugly dragon-like head up, and uh, you know, uh, Bams over there, Bams and Michael, um, the current occupants of the White House. What are they doing? Anyway, I, I don't want to ramble here. I'm going to kick it back to you. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to Joe. That's the way we roll here. So, All right, uh, Daniel, um, we were talking about Donald Trump and his uh, this election that we see. It, it appears, though, as though he will receive the nomination minus some uh, tricks that might be played on him at the convention where it is a contested convention and or they steal the nomination away from him. Obviously, there's still primaries left. He can still get to the the 1237 number. Hillary on the Democratic side seems to have uh, acquired the nomination, even though she should be um, at the very hey, least behind Daniel. bars awaiting <laughs> yeah, awaiting her trial, um, which the FBI is, in my opinion, uh, if they were going to indict, they would have already indicted. So I would say that investigation is over. But how do you, I mean, we, during the break we were talking, um, and, and you said some things that, that ring very true with us, uh, regardless of, of Donald Trump's status, uh, with the American people, the amount of votes and, and support he gets, whether he's even invited or, uh, invited, voted as president, you don't believe that he would attain that position, or if he did, it wouldn't be for long. Yeah, let's talk about that, because your books, Plural, kind of. There is this um, overlay, overlap in infiltration of your uh, of current events into your books, and uh, very interesting. So, but but let, let's talk about the election now and current well, we events can, now. We can do that, but what I want to talk about is where can I get a ticket to the wrestling match between Alex Jones and <laughs> Doug? Eck? Yeah, I'll see that. 
Uh, yeah, um, uh, boy, that would be something. Would it? Uh, again, you know, I, I was, I was, I was saying that in the so those people who were saying, "What are they? What's he talking about?" Uh, I was saying that in the context of our health supplements, and uh, uh, Alex has uh, a great I product. I thought it was a sure yeah. thing. I- Oh you know, no, no, no! WWE or some WWF. <laughs> I, uh, I just. I in, in fact, I sent a. It was, an, it was a communication to to one of his staff, and I just said, "Hey, I, I'm not even sure if he if he even got it, but uh, it was just I was just running around with him because uh, you know he, he was. Ah, we have we have. To, we have ah, to stick I'm so together. disappointed. I wanted to yeah. see that. I'm so disappointed. Well, listen, I, I might be disappointed, but your audience, your listeners, doesn't don't have to be. I say the context of this conversation. Um, in order for you to, to to understand some of the things that are in those books. Which which have come true, which are coming true. I think it's important for you to be able to read them. It's not about selling books, and it's one of the reasons why that I am giving you all a fifteen percent discount if you go to DanielHoldings.com, and when you go to the checkout, if you put in Hagman as a coupon code, that'll give you another fifteen percent off because I think it's that important for you to be able to read them and read, especially this new version of As the Darkness Falls. You know, one of the things that I did is I went and I uh, connected uh, a bunch of hyperlinks in the in the Kindle version, and then in the back there are uh, there's websites to these articles uh, in real life that are talking about the fictional stuff that I've woven into the story. So it's really important, audience, that you know what's coming. And I, you know, I can tell you when I wrote those books. Uh, particularly that's that second book I felt such an urgency by the Lord to get it out I needed to get it out uh, and uh, when I first wrote it back in 2011 and this is why because these things are actually happening before our eyes so before we leave uh, the uh, Donald Trump and the election uh, I, I want to fixate for a moment back on economics and uh, couple that with something Donald Trump's said a couple weeks ago, actually last week. Okay, Donald Trump is a self-proclaimed businessman, uh, and he's a billionaire, there's no question. He's got a lot more money than I got, right? So he must be a lot smarter than I am, right? Well, Donald Trump made an amazing statement last week. He said that we never have to worry about the United States economy collapsing. That's what he said. And he said, when he was asked why, he said, because we can print our own money. We print our own money. And so therefore, we just print our own money out of this. I am not kidding. That's what he said. All right. So either Donald Trump does not understand banking or economics, or he's lying to us. I don't like either solution. And remember, I don't, I'm not a fan of Clinton, Hillary Clinton either, right? And these are the only two choices. So... We are talking about truth. So let's look at truth the way it is, okay? Why is this such a ridiculous statement? Why? Because we, okay, I I don't want to get in these muddy waters, but we have to uh, frame this discussion up for you. We have a central bank in the United States, right? That central bank is the Federal Reserve. It is nothing federal about it. It's just a name. It's a bank. It's, it was started by the six wealthiest men in the world. The bank leaders are part of the banks that led uh, you know, the world in wealth. It was said at the time that it was about a quarter of the world's wealth. 
uh, when they met to, to form the, federal, the idea of the Federal Reserve. They had four goals in mind. They wanted to print as much money as they could, regardless of the money that they had in their pocket, or in their vaults. They wanted to lend out money. They wanted to set interest rates. They wanted to be able to escape without any problem. Right? This is where we get the, uh, the, the idea of too big to fail, too big to jail. And then they wanted to shift the burden off to the American people. That was in 1910 that they came up with the idea. Little island called Jekyll Island off of uh, Georgia. But that was the birth of the federal, which is not federal, reserve. Okay? Since uh, Nixon was in office, he took us out what little remaining of a silver standard that we had. Uh, we were on 15% of the thing. He did away with it. Uh, and and it made it purely a fiat currency. Now, from then on, well, from the time that Jekyll Island happened or the Federal Reserve came into being, the dollars lost 97% of its wealth, of its value, I should say. 97%. The, the, the government or the Federal Reserve right now is printing $125 million an hour. Actually, they're not printing, they're just digitizing, moving, making up digits and moving them into ledgers. But for every dollar that they put into beam, it dilutes the value of your dollars in your pockets. And so for Donald Trump to make a statement like that is mind-boggling to me. Because what is happening right before our eyes is the value of our money is, is being diluted. And we are, that's why hamburgers went up 30% in the last year and a half. It's ridiculous for a man who is supposedly a businessman to make such a statement. Because, it, you know, in doing so, he should know, if he wants to be president, that no fiat currency has survived beyond 70 years. And we are beyond that now. There's the longest surviving fiat currency. All right. So what does that mean? Either he knows something you don't, he's not telling you, or he's just dumb. And I don't think he's dumb. This is a setup, folks. This is this is not good. Okay? We need to understand where we are. I, look, you can't do anything about the election. I can't do anything about the election. Whoever they want to be president will be president. That's cut and dry. It, the system is broke. It ain't working. And you don't have a say in it. You don't believe me? Ask the delegate, the people that choose... That shows the uh, Trump delegates in Colorado that, that flipped to Cruz, right? The fix was in. There is a fix. The fix is in. And, and you and I aren't going to change that. We're, we're, we're nowhere near on the totem pole. Not only are we at the bottom of the totem pole, we're not even near it. So here's the point. What do you have in your control? Um, Good question. You have your heart. You have Good your question. heart. You have your walk. You have your life. You can choose to fall on your face and cry out to the Lord. To say, whatever comes, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to talk to people about you. I'm not going to fear. And in doing so, when you tune your ear to the Lord, 
you're able to hear him to go left, or to go right, or go, go straight, and he'll guide you. But you have to practice that. That's what you can be doing now instead of being distracted with all this other stuff. Now, look, I know that you, you got to go to work, you got to go, you get soccer games, you got family, family gatherings, family responsibilities. I, I know these things, okay? So what I'm saying to you is not to fixate necessarily on, you know, your spiritual relationship, but keep one eye on the Lord and keep one eye on those other things. As far as the other stuff, the stuff that we think is so important, it's not so important. It's not that important. No, it's not. If we boil down, you know, how much time we, and I'm the most, I'm just as guilty, if not more guilty of this than anybody else. If we boil down our, our free time that we have outside of, you know, obligations from work to, uh, household duties and, and, you know, relationships such as marriage and whatnot and take our free time and how we spend it, uh, you know, I'm ashamed when, it, you know, thinking about it, just because I, I might listen to a bio, the Bible an hour a week or read it here and there. Uh, I mean, we are not reprioritizing our priorities has to be something that we do from a, from the perspective of what the Lord wants for us in our lives. And I think a lot of people would be surprised at what they would be able to accomplish with the time they have with the proper application. Well, you know, we, uh, okay, think about this for, and we're all the same, Joe. I mean, we're all the same. We all struggle. I struggle. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to y'all, and I struggle with this, right? But here's the fact. The fact is that Yeshua, Jesus, is coming back for a bride, right? Now think about this. This woman that's supposed to be your bride, I mean, Joe, it's not been so long since you got married. If you, if you ever talked to her, talked to her very little, maybe once a day, you know, maybe, you know, shared your heart with her once in a great while, you know, learned about her maybe once a, you know, week or so. Would you, would you ever have gotten married in the first place? I mean, seriously, you'd probably be N- dumb. No, and I wouldn't be married now. Exactly. So, okay. Yeshua is looking for his bride. He's looking back for his bride. Are we his bride? That's the question. See, we we could say everything we need to know. We we could say everything we learned about Donald Trump in the election process. Well, he's got this many delegates, and you know, Cruz did this, and you know, Hillary's doing this, and what does that do for for you know this this group that's supposed to come back to us? What what, what are we doing? What are we doing? There's no more time to be messing around because, as as you said, the the that you know at the the last hour, the first of the show, this there's no more time. Time is almost up. Okay, now here's some other information about indicating where we are in time. How much time do we actually have? Remember, we're talking about truth tonight, audience. We're talking about uh, what is really going on. We're not we're not dancing around anymore. We're trying to drill down and get down to, to where we are right now. Those books that I've written, those are God's books. Those are not my books. I'm just a messenger. Right? Those are just stuff the Lord gave me. Those are his thoughts. In those books, a, a fascinating thing happened. You all know that we just got done, or, or in the midst, I should say, not done, but uh, a couple weeks ago, there were a ton of earthquakes. I mean, 
a ton of earthquakes, huge earthquakes, mega earthquakes, right? Mega quakes. So I was on a radio show, and like I normally do, I I, I prep to go on, uh, and we had just come out of this uh, short window of all these mega quakes over seven, right? So I was thinking, it was a little removed from there. It was about a week removed from there or something like that. So I was curious. I, I, I did a search, and I looked at how many earthquakes over six that there had been in 30 days. And what I found is there were 21 earthquakes over six in the last 30 days. Now, that's pretty significant. And I'm telling you, somebody that lived in California for most of my life, a, a quake that is over six, that is a shaker. That's that's not, yeah. that's that's hard, and, right? And now, and Daniel, the if we can add is the, the number of earthquakes that were uh, 6.0 or above that were taken down on the Richter scale to 5.8, 5.9, that yeah. is a very yeah. common occurrence. So, I mean, for, I would say probably at least, you know, 30% more 6.0 earthquakes happened during that time. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and uh, to your point, uh, of those 21 earthquakes that had counted uh, at that, on that day, there had been seven within 30 days that were over seven. Those were mega quakes. So, to your point, how many of those 6.8s that I had counted, or 6.7s, were actually mega quakes? See, so what we we are seeing, and the funny thing is, Steve Whale wrote today. Uh, you know, he he puts up articles on his website, and then he puts uh, the headline. Then he that sometimes puts a comment, and he said, now "This is this is something that really got my attention." He said, "We are seeing the Earth's crust, or something like this. We are seeing the Earth's crust." destabilized and that is the very thing that I said and as the darkness falls when I wrote it initially and I was reminded when I went through it again just you know a couple weeks ago we are seeing the earth's crust destabilized and he hit it on the nail on the head you don't believe me here's another factoid for you now for this this uh, this show that I was prepping for I said okay those are all those are Earthquakes. How many volcanoes are going off right now? So I just did a quick, a quick search. Okay, how many volcanoes? Major eruptions. Well, let me let me say this. Uh, when I wrote, as the darkness falls, there there's volcanic activity in there, and there's this scenario that happens that I think you all need to hear, audience. You need to read it for yourself. What's coming? Because I think it is absolutely coming, and that's why you need to get those books. But there's a scenario that happens with earthquakes, I mean, and, and volcanoes. So for this show, I prepped and I went out and I looked how many major eruptions there had been. There were 37. So I said, okay, what are the mid-range eruptions? There were 47. For a total of 84 volcanoes that were going off in the world on that day. You know, Joe, I told you this when we talked earlier today. You know how many earthquakes there were that I wrote were going off in As the Darkness Falls? 84. And I picked that number because it was four times the amount of earthquakes that were going off at the time I wrote the book. It was ridiculous. That's never going to happen. And we are there. That is what I'm telling you, audience. We are there. Now, on top of that, just yesterday there was a report that Mount Hood, Mount McKinley, and Mount St. Helens are all rumbling to life right now. 
and they're scared to death about Hood and Mount Rainier because they're right there in, in the populated areas. The earth is virtually beginning to shake and stumble like a drunkard. It's going to take some time to get there, but it's just clearing its throat right now. This is where we are. And Jesus said that there would be earthquakes in diverse places. He said there will be wars and rumors of wars. We just spent the last hour and a half talking about both of those things. Do you really think it's time to be wondering who's winning the next election? Honestly. Folks, where are our priorities? We are getting ready to see the collapse on a global scale of the economy. And from this collapse, we will not return. Not like this. Not where we are now. Because on the other side of this collapse will be that mark. And that's something else the Bible talks about, too. That mark that you must take or you will not be able to buy and sell. And I happen to think that the currency that comes out, because they'll have to come up with a new currency because the dollar's crashed and it's infected the rest of the world. And this is how we are vilified, by the way, as Americans, Babylonians, right, where we live. So <laughs> when we uh, come out from there, if you're alive, when you come out from the other end, uh, it will probably be a digital currency. In order to access your funds, you need this mark, whether it be a chip or whatever the case may be. You've heard lots of people talk about this kind of thing. You probably have people on the show talk about the kind of thing. But the point is that this ugliness of this summer, the summer of uh, malcontent, as I call it, will have to happen first. And the war will have to happen because they have to reduce it. Now, the crazy thing, this is what I was talking to John Wells about yesterday. Remember, and I was reminded about this just a couple of weeks ago. Remember the guy, and I know you guys know this, the, the guy that called in the Coast to Coast, he called into Art Bell on Coast to Coast back in 98, 97, 98, or something like that. And he was all freaked out, and, and Art Bell said something like, okay, let's make sure you're using this for lying correctly. Or he thought he got a suicide letter. So, uh, he says, he says uh, uh, Area 51. He says, okay, what about Area 51? And the guy proceeds to tell him that... Uh, they know about the catastrophes coming to the earth, but they will not tell people because they want them to die. Because a smaller population is easier to control than a larger population. That's really crazy, right? He talked about... He talked about, you know, interdimensional beings and, and, you know, infiltration of the government and the military and all that. But this thing about disasters really struck me when I heard it. And I've heard the thing dozens of times. But just last week when I when I heard it, it, it really struck me. Because here's the thing. I saw, and I wish I remember this guy's name. There was a video. And, in fact, I think it was Steve Quill that posted the video and I watched it. A guy uh, who was a reputable guy, a prepper guy. He uh, he had a, a meeting with a FEMA official who was a friend of his, uh, a high-level uh, official, who was at a high-level briefing, and the official told him that they were scared to death about uh, earthquakes that were going to rip apart the country. 
But there were three places. Yes. There were three places that they were, uh, that are considered safe zones. One of those areas is in Montana, you know, Idaho, Utah, that kind of thing. Uh, the other place is in Missouri, the middle of the country. And the other place, interesting enough, is in Kentucky uh, and uh, Tennessee. But then it stopped there. It wasn't all the way down to the coast. So there were like three places. Now, this, this rang, uh, you know, true as far as what this other guy said. And then the, this gentleman wasn't a nut. You know, you might consider the guy that called freaked up to freaked out to our bell a nut, but the guy that I'm talking about is is a pretty reputable guy, and he's he's not. And, and Doug, I know that you probably know who that is, uh, but uh, you know the the thing is, Joe, this is not business as usual. You have these coalescing facts that that are coming all together at the same time. And what it should do, audience, is it should make us realize that we are in a different time period, unlike any in human history. It is the pinnacle of human history. And if we are not careful, if we are so caught up in our everyday lives, in the elections and the soccer games and whatever else distracts us, we will miss having the opportunity to get right with the Lord. We will miss it. And, folks, if you don't believe me, remember when Jesus talked about uh, the strong man? He said if, the, if they knew the strong man was going to come and break in his house, they wouldn't have let him. Okay? How can you not know? How can, how can you not know? Banging on your door, breaking your house, unless you weren't paying attention. You know, he, he also said that it would come quickly. It would come uh, so quickly that if you were on your roof, uh, don't even go down to your house and get your cloak. Run for the hills. That's what he said. So we were about to see that. We were about to see all of that ugliness. And this is your opportunity to pause before the storm to repent, to get right, to talk to people. Because to Doug's point earlier, you don't have very much time to talk to them. You don't. That's not, the world's not ending, okay? I mean, you might think some of my beliefs are strange about what, what's going to happen when Yeshua finally comes. But the fact is that the world's not ending, okay? But it is changing. It's changing right before our eyes, and it's going to change even more. After you know, if I if I can inject something here, interject something, um, what you said earlier, and, and I think you, you brought this nicely right back around to uh, where we need to be talking about this, and and when Joe described, made reference, paraphrased Russ Dizdar about the car going off the cliff. It's interesting that we've got this this niche uh, in in the secondary alternative media where you've got now divisions, and I mean some really uh, incredible divisions taking place among members of the new media. There's, on one side, there is... Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm just going to discount extremes, okay? But on one side, um, you've got a, a, 
a, a segment of the new media saying things are going to happen, um, all sorts of bad things. Okay, you know, from from invasion, the dollar collapse to um, to to you name it. It's just going to get really bad really quick. And then on the other side. And let's focus on the other side just for a moment, because I would say the majority of the population is or resides in that other side, where they're saying, well, you guys talked about Y2K. Not me, because I I was clueless. I had six bottles of water in my pantry, and I thought I was prepared for Y2K. I don't know what Okay, I I had no, no clue what I was doing. Okay, but so we have this, in my view, this uh, pattern that nothing has happened according to that that segment on the we'll call it on the left hand side as opposed to on the right hand side being the you know things are happening so on the left people are saying well okay nothing's happened you guys are a bunch of fear mongers you know you proved it by Y2K and then you then 9-11 happened well um you're talking about FEMA camps and such, and that hasn't happened. Then, of course, Jade Helm. Well, what happened? Jade Helm was a big nothing. And I have to sit back and think for a minute, going going now in reverse chronological order. Let's talk about Jade Helm for a moment. Okay, to those people who said, see, nothing happened. You guys were all, you know, full of beans. Well, we just hold the, hold, hold the phone for a second, because there was a whole lot of money spent for nothing to have happened. I, I truly believe... That Jade Helm was an exercise in, uh, you know, mapping the human domain. I, I do think things happened that we could not see, that did not manifest them, and they were not to be overt. In other words, things did happen, but to the untrained, unsuspecting, and um, intellectually blind and spiritually blind to some extent, I, it would appear that nothing happened. But I don't believe that to be the case. I think that that was a forward operating positioning of assets because we had seen very little, if any, assets being returned. And in between that time, too, we had seen this acquisition of ammunition by various federal agencies. What happened to that? I mean, it's 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 a fungible commodity, so it, they could, it could very well have been expended. However, I don't believe that to be the case either. Uh, I do believe well, that. Well, that wouldn't are, be the case because it went to it went to agencies that don't shoot. Precisely. So I, I do believe, so I guess I said all of that just to just to briefly say this, that some of the bumps Many people are not feeling, when, when that car going over the cliff and hitting those bumps, many people are not feeling those bumps. Are we numb to those bumps? Are we, uh, are, are we cynical? Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna hit the bottom here soon anyway, so are we just being cynical and, and, and exercising this normalcy bias to avoid sensory overload or depression? I mean, what's the cause? Daniel, what's the cause for for the blindness among um, the, the majority of the population today, in your estimation, what's causing the people today to to to, to really say, "Well, nothing happened." See, nothing happened. It's all good. Life is good. It's a Norman Rockwell painting, or almost. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I want you to think about uh, uh, use your imagination for a second. Go back a few thousand years. There was a dude far away from the ocean and uh, he and his wacky family 
were building a boat. It was a big boat. It took them a long time, 120 years or something. And these people have never seen rain. And he was telling them it was going to rain. And for that 120 years, those people maligned him and his family. You guys are crazy. You got nothing better to do. Look what you're doing. You try to scare the people. But when it started to rain, they didn't repent. In fact, they still, still jeered at Noah and his family until they closed the ark up. And then they begged to get in, and it was too late then. It's no different now. Yeshua said that it would be as in the days of Noah. And I think there are many, you know, there are many, uh, you know, reasons why he said that. There are many things you can latch on to. But you use the phrase, and I use this phrase, and in fact, in fact I, I describe it in As the Darkness Falls, this phrase, normalcy bias. Nothing's going to happen because nothing's ever happened. You guys are crazy. You're just talking about fear-mongering. Now, the, the reason why most people would not look at the truth for what it is, Doug, you know the saying, you love it, you know, the logo for, I mean, the, the uh, catchphrase for the website is, the search for truth takes courage because you might not like what you find. That's why. Because it's easier for me to fixate on who's playing my kid's soccer team this week or who's going to win the next election than it is to look at the harsh reality of the ugly things that are coming. And as long as they haven't happened yet, I can ignore them, and it really helps me to feel better if I point my finger at you, Doug and Joe Agnes, and say, you people are nuts. That's why. But the fact is, the truth is the truth is the truth, and the facts speak for themselves. The reason that we went through, everything we went through at the, the first half hour about uh, uh, the economy and what's going on with the various leading indicators is to show you, audience, that things have, in fact, happened, that there have been bumps in the road, even though you haven't felt them. But just like that concussion from that atom bomb, you're going to feel it. And when you feel it, it is too late. That's why you need to do something about it now. And Doug, that's why. Because the truth of the, the truth of the ugliness is almost too much for some people to bear. And, and they would rather ignore it. I, I do believe that that is the majority of people who we speak to have... Um, well, let me back up and say say it this way. I believe people like yourself, who, who have written just a fantastic expose of the what we're seeing take place today, you are able to overcome the normalcy bias and the fear of people by writing the way you have written your books, plural, okay, where I can hand your book to a fellow churchgoer, we'll say, or a, a neighbor, and say, hey, read this. And they're not overwhelmed. They're, they're gradually brought into the current event cycle. I mean, it's, it's almost, I don't want to say cagey, but it's its exquisitely done. Your, your writing is exquisite because it makes, it draws people from, it doesn't hit people over the head. People are not hit over the head by the information. And a lot of times, if you give, if I would give somebody a copy of, uh, we'll say, okay, the book, uh, Tavistock Institute, great book, a lot of information. But it, it's, 
people don't want to believe this and, and can't believe it, yet if they read it in a novel fashion, there's a, a tad of entertainment there inherent in your book um, that disarms people and allows them to learn as well as be entertained. I'm not sure if I'm doing your books justice or, or your... But but I guess what I'm saying is, um, yeah, people are afraid today. And, and that fear, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, just human, that fear, and especially in the West, is per- paralyzing people. They don't want to talk. They don't want to think about it. And people like yourself, you and others... And especially you, and I like to thank us. We are we are attempting to bring that information to the people who may hear this broadcast, your read your books, and bring them one step closer, not only to the truth, but the end result or the end goal, and that's to save souls. Does that make sense? Did I say that all right? I mean, well, you did, and thank you for your kind words. Um, I'm reminded of Martin Luther, and if you recall how the Protestant movement started, right? One day Martin Luther actually read the Bible. Right? He had never; they weren't allowed to read the Bible. He finally read it, and it didn't say "penance," meaning to pay. It said "repentance." Right? And then he continued to read it, and he, he got he got so convicted. He said, "I cannot, you know, I can't go along with this." So. He went to the steps of the Vatican and he said, here I stand, I can do no other. Meaning that I don't have a choice. I understand the truth. Of course, he, he warned him and he left and then he came back. But nonetheless, he said, here I stand, I can do no other. I have to stand because this is the truth. That's, that's how the Protestant movement got started. Now, I had my own little Protestant movement a while back. I haven't always thought like this. I was a regular guy. It wasn't too long ago that I, uh, a few years ago, that I had a normal practice, that I was a normal business guy, lived in the big house, had a few different cars, was living high on the hog, uh, and uh, realized that the system that I was participating in was absolutely corrupt, being the financial system, the money system, the banking system. But I didn't. I didn't turn right away. I, I, uh, I try to get even a bigger bite and then get out, and that didn't happen. But it really did teach me on how things really work in the real world. Like I said, you you can't play in that sandbox unless you're part of that club. One of the things that you you have to do in order to be part of that club is to give up your yeah, give up your life. You gotta you gotta sell your soul practically. So the point is that. Most people are caught up in their everyday lives, and they don't have that defining moment that says, here I stand, I can do no other, because they're afraid to look at that. But I had cried out to the Lord even then, and, and you know, he had opened the door for me for uh, to be able to see the truth. And then once I understood what the truth was, I I didn't have a choice anymore. It was either I was going to live the lie or I was going to live the truth. And, and that truth led to other truths. And, you know, I write the crazy books that I write now and talk about the crazy things that I, I talk about now. But I was confronted with the truth, and I had to make a choice. See, most people, to your point, will never make that choice because they, will, they won't look at it. No, no, I don't want to look at it. Right? 
you might be right that this guy's fallen, but I don't want to look at it. So the point is that I, I, I think to to your question, most people never get it because they don't want to get it because the cost of the truth is too great. It's huge. It's, it costs me everything. Man, I can't tell you how I want that big house on the hill again. That Jaguar, that Cadillac, and you know everything else I had. A, re- a good reputation. People didn't think I was crazy. I want that. I served in church. I was a believer. I was a leader. I want that. It was a lie. It wasn't the truth. I'm not saying that you know, living your life like that is a bad thing. No. The difference was God had showed me what he showed me in so many ways. And a lot of that stuff's in those books. And and I had to say what I saw. I had to declare the truth to people. Otherwise, I'd be disobedient. And I am scared to death to be disobedient. That's not that's not to say that I haven't always been that way. Trust me. And, and, I have plenty of warts. You know something? Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, right? That That's, uh, Joe, am I right? I mean, yeah, fear, yeah, fear, no, fear of the yeah. Lord. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, that that affects me personally because when I sit down behind the microphone or when I when I look at the news and I begin to do a triage analysis of the news for the show or for an article or for whatever it might be, I always remember. I mean, to me, that's my guiding principle because I don't want to. Uh, how would you put it? I, I don't want to be. I want to do my job to the best of my own ability. To the best of my ability, I don't want to let God down. If that makes sense, you know. And, and, yeah, and, and if and and I see the potential there for all of us to let God down by not doing what we're supposed to be doing. That's why I'm so frustrated by people who are saying, who say, well, you know, we are not to fight, or we're not, and Joe had uh, offered me some really great scriptural insight during a break, the, the first break, but that's why I'm frustrated by people who say, well, we're not to be of the world. Yeah, I, I understand that, but we're not to, we're not to be bumps on a log either. We're not, you know, we have to be, be occupied till he comes and to be active and to uh, reach out and, and do our jobs assigned to us. The, the effort is ours. The result is up to God, is it not? I mean... Well, I, yeah, well you know, it's a funny thing. Um, Mordecai said to Esther, right, when she was wrestling with uh, this, this very... Uh, Ruth, actually. This very same subject. He said, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. Perhaps it's you that has to talk to the king to save the people. You know, here's the thing. I'm just a guy. And you've heard me say over and over and over again that, that I'm just a donkey. And I'm happy with that. I just want to be Balaam's donkey, opening my mouth when there's something to be said. That's all I want to be. Because I am not that, that that smart. I'm no longer thin. And I'm, you know, uh, not that good looking, frankly. I'm just a donkey, but I'm God's donkey, and I will open my mouth so long as he gives me things to say. 
And this season, where we are right now, I've said it was the pinnacle of history. History is about to close. Right? He needs guys like Dunn, Joe Hagman, Steve Whale, Daniel Holden. He needs guys that are willing to step up and say something, despite the ridicule. It's never going to rain? Are you crazy? The, the, the closest ocean is, you know, 500 miles away. They're willing to take that. And he gives us the, the grace and the courage and the, and the patience to take that. But the fact is, audience, that that time for doubting and mockery is almost over. And we gave you some facts earlier in the show. I mean, you heard Joe's, you heard Doug's heart, you know, talking about how much time we got. That was, uh, that was an emotional appeal to you, and I just gave you a, a, a numerical appeal. If you believe nothing else, believe the figures. Believe the economic figures. That's facts, folks. That's not emotion. So you have both sides of the argument right now. You have emotion that Doug gave you that, that he doesn't know how much longer we have, and you have the numbers that I just gave you. And they both add up to the same thing. We are almost out of time. So you can, you can sit on the fence and you can be naysayers and you cannot have the Holy Spirit go through your life and you can just go about your business. But the strong man is at the door. And are you going to stop him from coming in? That's the question. So, the, you know, it's easy to get frustrated because there's so many people, but all I can do, I, I, I can't take responsibility for how other people respond to the message. I can't. I can only take responsibility for being sure that I get the message that the Father's given me to give to those people. And hopefully I've done that. Hopefully, anyway. I mean, I I, I struggle with this on, on a regular basis because, you know, it's hard. You know, it, it, look, folks, honestly, if you think Doug and Joe Hagman are rolling in the dough doing what they're doing, you need to think again. And if you're not given and you're a regular listener to the show, this is unsolicited, by the way. They didn't ask me to talk about this. And you need to give. Now. <laughs> you need to give now. Because they need you. Because they're putting the bill themselves. And it's hard. Right? Daniel Holdings, his only income is selling books. That's all I did. Right? So it'd be nice if you buy some books. Yeah, please. Yeah. If, folks. There, are, there yeah. are other people that are on this network that come here on a regular basis. This is what they do. They are the Lord's servant. They are his priest, if you will, in the tabernacle. They're serving him. They, <laughs> the Levites in the Old Testament, they, their portion is what the people gave them. They took a portion of the people. Right? That's where their tithes go. This is work, and it hurts. It's hard. Okay? And I'm not, I'm not going to myself on the back. That's not what this is about. You don't have a lot more time to hear people like Doug and Joe Hagman. I'm just telling you, things are about to change in a big way. I don't know, tonight, there'll be a helicopter over my house, but I'll do what I did last night. I didn't even go look at it. Because, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I will lay down my life if I have to. But I have to say what I have to say, Doug. You guys have to say what you have to say regardless of the mockers and the scoffers and the ridiculers. Time is too short to be messing around. Time is almost up. That's right. And I know time's almost up for the program. And I, you know, I want to share something with you. I, I've told you guys this story before, but I was in a church worship service probably about five or six years ago. 
and I I started waking up. Actually, it, was, it must have been longer now. So I started waking up, and uh, I was I was my heart was grieved over the service. I mean, they were in the middle of worship. People were dancing, singing. They were all happy, clapping their hands. You know, bless me, bless me, bless me. And I looked around. I cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, what about them? I mean, they're tears in my eyes. They're all happy. You know, they're all worshiping the Lord. My heart is breaking. I mean, literally breaking. And I said, well, what about them? They don't have a clue what's going on. They don't know what's going on. And this is not too long after I was just a regular guy. I mean, I just start waking up to all this crazy stuff. I didn't know half of what I know. And all he said to me, and it was it was an inaudible voice. It was a, an internal voice, right? But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And he said, time is at an end. And I stopped, and I, I sat down, I said, what? what? What do you mean, Lord? And he said it again. He said, time is at an end. And that's all he said. I was like, what does that mean, God? I've lived with that, well, since before I started writing those books. That's when I heard it, before I started writing those books. There is no more time to be messing around. If time was at an end then, there's not very many grains of sand in that hourglass. We're almost done. And because of that, folks, you gotta listen to Doug and Joe Hagman. You gotta listen to them. They're warning you for your own good. You need to get on your face. Yes. Store away some, some food. Get out of the cities. Get your money out of the bank. Uh, don't you dare go into the stock market right now. Buy a little gold and silver. Those are practical things that you can do. Right, because you're going to need that stuff. So, should not invest in Target. <laughs> hey, yeah, don't yeah. do this, Target. <laughs> Daniel, oh man, we've covered a lot of ground tonight. We are at the end of the program, uh, folks. Go to DanielHoldings.com. Uh, again, my father will be with him live, eleven thirty Monday morning. Um, can you, can and, and you explain to folks? Uh, where I, you go? Well, let me just say this, Daniel. I'm going to. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. Um, in prep or uh, on your during your program, and I'm going to tell everyone listening. I'm going to give a couple of pieces of information out that that I did not include in my book. I actually edited out of my book that it really happened that I have never before disclosed. So there, how about how's that for a teaser? So there you go. <laughs> That's a good teaser. I appreciate that. The, the website is uh, hebrewnation I'm sorry, HebrewNationOnline.com. All Hebrew Nation word, HebrewNationOnline.com. And when you, when you click on it, it's the, the radio comes up. Because it's actually a physical radio station, and they just broadcast on the air. So it'll come up, and you'll, you'll hear about it. Uh, Doug, uh, Doug will be on at 11.30 Eastern Time on Monday. And then, you know, if you can't make the, the, the broadcast, then I'll put it on a podcast, and you'll be able to listen to them after the fact. But... By all means, please. And we take calls, uh, you know, on that show. So if he mentions something, you want to.